from ABC News. I'm Dave Packard. For a third day now, a strike of nearly 13,000 United Auto Workers shutting down production at plants in three states. UAW demands include a return to pensions, better benefits for retirees, cost of living adjustments, and a 40% pay increase. John Mercenakis, a UAW member in Ohio, preparing to dip into his 401k to stay afloat if the strike continues. I'm here for the fight. I'm here for the duration because I believe in this fight. And the strike having ripple effects on non-unionized auto workers. GM announcing temporary layoffs for 2,000 employees, Ford doing the same to 600. Our members are going to be taken care of no matter what happens. We'll take care of them. UAW President Sean Fain outraged by the cuts, saying in a statement, they don't have to lay off a single employee. In fact, they could double every auto worker's pay, not raise car prices, and still rake in billions of dollars. The White House says President Biden is closely monitoring the strike. A Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department deputy dead after he was shot in his patrol car Saturday evening, the shooter unknown. Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert Luna said 30-year-old Ryan Clunkenbrumer's death is a huge loss to the department. He was a field training officer for one and a half years. Not just anybody becomes a field training officer. It's usually the best of the best. The sheriff saying he'll press all of his department's resources into the investigation. Clean up underway along the New England coast and maritime Canada after the remnants of Hurricane Lee pummeled the region. ABC News meteorologist Samara Theodore is at Higgins Beach in Scarborough, Maine. Sunshine returning here in New England. Uh, however, rain still coming down for parts of New Brunswick. As far as the East Coast goes, we're still monitoring that risk for rip currents. From Maine down to the Delmarva Peninsula, we are looking at a moderate risk for rip currents. Some spots, though, are in the high zone, especially down along the entire eastern coast of Florida. So be mindful about getting in the water today. You're listening to ABC News. Two times the healthy blood pressure support? That's a number to rave about. Thanks to Superbeats Heart Chew's unique 2X ingredient that helps promote normal blood pressure nearly two times more effectively than diet and exercise alone. Superbeats is America's number one selling beet brand and the only number one cardiologist, doctor, and pharmacist recommended beet brand for heart health support. A clinical study showed that the key ingredient in Superbeats Heart Chews is nearly two times more effective at supporting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And they're part of a brand with over 60,000 five-star ratings and reviews. So double your potential with a special offer exclusively for radio listeners. Get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews and 15% off your first order at GetSuperBeats.com with code RADIO. That's a free 30-day supply and 15% off for radio listeners only at GetSuperBeats.com, code RADIO. All right, just ahead of gardening, let's talk for a minute about Southwest Metal Roofing Systems. You know, I listened to all the reports of storms and storm damage around the country, and I always think, boy, I'll bet those people wish they had a company like Southwest Metal Roofing Systems. Southwest Metal Roofing Systems puts on roofs that stand up to whatever Mother Nature throws at them. We should know. I've had one of their roofs on my home for about 20 years. We've had their roof on Shades of Green for, oh, 15 years or so, and so many friends have followed my advice and gotten roofs from Southwest Metal Roofing Systems, and they've stood up to hail and high winds and, well, just everything nature throws at them, all the heat and all the cold. 
They just sit there and take it because the Southwest Metal Roofing Systems roof is a lifetime quality roof. It's the last roof you'll ever put on your home. Even if you're new construction, tell your builder you want Southwest Metal Roofing Systems to put the roof on your home, and you'll never have to worry about weather. They've been doing this for a lot of years. Uh, They have so many choices when it comes to colors and styles. It's simply the best roof out there, plus their roofs are energy efficient to save you money on your utility bills. And most insurance companies give you a discount because they know they're never going to have to fix a Southwest Metal Roofing System roof. Learn more. Give them a call, 210-822-6868. That's 210-822-6868 for the best roof in the business from Southwest Metal Roofing System. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GOLD for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GOLD for a 25 cents per gallon gallon bonus on your first tank that's code gold for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up south texas gardening with bob webster is on the air talk to bob now 210-599-5555 ah and it is a beautiful morning out there this morning i'm sure most of y'all have probably been out i just thought oh what fresh chilly air with a little bit less humidity. Of course, once again, most of us miss the good rains that uh, happened here and there around us, and we still desperately need rain, but boy, what a pleasure it is to feel like it actually is about to be fall out there, and uh, uh, I know you're as happy about that as I am, and that means there's lots to do in the garden, whether it's flowers or vegetables or uh, just the landscape in general. That's what we're here to talk about for the next three hours um, you know the number. Uh, in fact, you're, we've got one line left open, 210-599-5555. We're going to talk to Gary and Jana and David. And like I say, lots to talk about, but the most important thing is what you want to talk about. So let's just get started with phone calls. And uh, Gary is first in line. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning, Bob. Good uh, morning. I was wondering if there's... Anything I can do to save my pecan trees? They really started drying up in this last week and a half. You know, the limb, the leaves on the limbs are just turning brown and dry, and uh, especially one tree just all over the tree. And can we just save it maybe by spraying water on it or on the leaves or on the trunk, or is there anything else I can do? Well, it is a matter of drought damage. Are the leaves staying attached to the tree, or are they falling off? They're staying on the tree. That's not a good thing. Um, water is the answer, and you've, you've covered the two areas, spraying moisture directly on the branches, on the trunk, at least up where they have smooth bark. Now, on the main trunk where, you know, it's got the old rough bark, you won't accomplish much by spraying water there. But up into the top of the tree, yes, spraying water as often as you can, even if it's several times a day, will definitely help the trees. In addition, do what you can to, uh, you know, water the root system of the tree. How big are these trees? How big in diameter are the trunks? Oh, the trunks are about a 
I don't know, 16 inches in diameter, pretty pretty big trees. Wow, it's surprising that they're showing that much problem. Um, it, we just, we can't do what, you know, one good heavy rain from Mother Nature does, but it will definitely help them if you have the water to be able to put that hose, not all the way under the drip line, but 10 or 12 feet out from the trunk, and just turn it on, let it run for two or three hours on each tree, uh, repeat that again in a week or so. Most of the pecans will survive and come out again, uh, especially the ones that are planted out where they've had to exist on rainwater alone for the past 30 years or so, which is probably about how old those trees are. But uh, beyond that, uh, you know, to help in the future, good layer of mulch over the root zone will help. But uh, this has just been a very much a devastating drought, and uh, and pecan trees are are beginning to show damage. And uh, but the good news is that if you can get some water to them, spraying the bark is kind of like giving them an IV. You know, watering the ground is giving them a good thorough drink. It's just hard to get enough water in there to really make a difference. But uh, it's something you're going to have to do because pecan trees, uh, there will be some trees die from this drought, and so. Uh, go to work with the water as soon as you can do so. Okay, just just spray as much as I can on you know, onto the leaves and the bark up high and everything, right? The, yeah, and then you know lay the hose at the not at the base of the tree, but maybe ten feet out from the trunk. Move it around around a little bit, but watering each tree for several hours if you have the water to do that uh, um, will really help those trees. And that water will get down deep enough to the roots. I thought the trees had roots real deep. Well, that's why it takes several hours. You can't let it run for 15 minutes or you'll barely, uh-huh. you know, get it into the ground. But uh, just as long as you can afford to let it run, um, you know, do so. I would say minimum two hours, better four hours at a time. Just at a medium speed, not not full blast. Yeah, not, really, not right? a, well, not enough that the water's going to run off and go elsewhere. But uh, yeah. okay. turn it up as high as you feel like uh, you can do so where the ground will absorb it rather than running off to the neighbors or something. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll spray it and I'll try that too then. Okay, thank you very much. Let me know how they do. It'll be a while before we see any change, but uh, <laughs> they should stop getting worse at least. And uh, uh, hopefully they'll they'll be back out some this fall, some next spring. But uh, keep me posted on how they do, Gary. Look forward to hearing from you. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, next in line is uh, Jana. Good morning. Hi, Bob. Um, I am planning on uh, planting a redbud tree this fall, and okay. my question is, knowing how often to water it once its leaves have dropped, and assuming we don't get much rain. Well, redbud trees. Country. Okay, redbud trees like dry soil. Uh, they're far more redbuds kill from too much water than from too little. So the secret will be to water very thoroughly when you water, then let it go until the soil is dry an inch, two inches deep before you water again. Can't tell you how often that'll be because that will depend right. on how much wind, how what the temperature is, uh, you know, a lot of different factors. But um, okay. if at all possible, um, well, it's just important if you can. Be sure you get a Texas redbud, not an eastern redbud. 
Uh, I think the very best variety of Texas redbud is called Oklahoma, and most of them are grown in California, if that's not confusing enough for you. But uh, <laughs> Oklahoma has a uh, a slick, shiny leaf that is more resistant to the fungal diseases. That, uh, and these aren't things that really hurt the tree. They're just kind of disfiguring. But it has a more fungus-resistant leaf, and the blooms are a darker pink color. It's just a superior clone of the Texas redbud. So try to find a Texas redbud called Oklahoma. If you want to do so and have room for more, there's also a white form of the Oklahoma redbud. So, uh, and both of them are outstanding trees for this area. Uh, if you can, get them growing in a container rather than getting them bare root and you know plant them where they get at least two-thirds of a day's sun. When you dig the hole, be sure that it drains well. Fill it with water and be sure all that water drains out within a few hours because, like I say, redbuds just are not tolerant of real super wet soils. It's not the water that hurts, of course. It's the fact that too much water drives the oxygen out of the soil. And redbuds are just, uh, they they like it on the dry side. So uh, you can, when you plant, you can spray up and down the trunks as often as you want with moisture, and that'll help them root more quickly when you do water them i'd add a little bit of garret juice maybe a little bit of medina plus and uh there'll be trees that should last for the next 40 years for you but plant them properly and choose the right varieties and don't drown them in the meantime great thank you very much for the help my pleasure thank you for the call Bye-bye. this morning goodbye and moving right along david is next in line good morning david good morning bob good morning sir I went to plant a couple of uh, Sam Houston's, and the area that I'm going to place them in is currently uh, a Bermuda patch. Uh-huh. How how close to those trees can I – and I want to get rid of the Bermuda. How uh-huh. close to those trees can I put the black uh, plastic and uh, heat up the soil to, to get rid well, of it without damage to the trees? go ahead and do it now and cover the whole area. You're probably not going to find a good selection of fruit trees until January or so, and that's, that's you know, December, January are the best times it, you will find to plant those. So for now, cover up the whole area. Uh, once you plant your trees, try to stay, I'll give them about five feet all the way around the tree, but uh, we're still going to have some sunny days. We're still going to have some warm temperatures. In fact, Looking at the coming week, it's going to be above 90 every day. So get this going as soon as possible. Wet the ground first because uh, uh, moist soil will kill the Bermuda much faster. And uh, like I said, there's no reason to wait. But a couple of weeks before you get your trees and put them in, I'd like to say I would pull the black plastic to where it's about five feet away from uh, the holes where you're going to plant the trees. And you should be off to a good start. Sam Houston's a good choice. It's a big peach. It's a meaty peach. There may be years when it blooms a little too early because it is a lower chilling peach, 550 hours if I remember right. But uh, that makes it ideal for San Antonio and the area just south. If we get one of those really cold winters, though, and, and I don't mean the temperature is that low, but if we have a lot of weather before below 45 degrees, it could meet that chilling requirement early. Uh, in which case it blooms with the first warm-up. Sam Houston does that about once every 15 years here. But uh, it's still it's still one of the best peaches you can plant. Uh, if you want to plant more than one variety, 
if it were me, I'd think about planting one Sam Houston and maybe one John Fanick or one La Feliciana, simply because they produce peaches at a slightly different time, and you'll have a little bit longer picking season. Uh, and in fact, if you and and I can't begin to quote you all the varieties, I haven't got that uh, list memorized. But there are peaches that ripen as early as June. There are peaches that ripen as late as August. So by being selective in the trees that you plant, uh, you can pick fresh peaches over a longer period of time. Now, if you plan on canning, if you plan on having a party with lots of apple pies, plant several of the same variety so you get all your peaches at one time. But uh, anyway, that's just sort of uh, Peach Tree 101. Okay. I I did check with Fanix. I called you first, but you had uh, citrus, and and I was directed to Fanix. They do have down there is it too early to plant them oh no can... no if 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 they have good trees well rooted in containers uh yeah by all means get them i, I you know haven't talked to mark or mike last time i was over there they they hadn't started getting trees in but uh if they're starting to get them in containers i wouldn't get bare root trees but if they've got nice sam houston's in containers you know plant them tomorrow it's uh it's certainly not not too early to do it uh and you know uh, this would be especially important that you do spray up and down the trunks with moisture periodically i like to say keep that black plastic about five feet away from the holes and uh now i guess we could go a little closer than that keep the black plastic about three feet away from the centers of the tree and uh you should be in good shape okay for your previous caller and about the red buds i've got three of those two red buds and a white bud in, in an area uh-huh. in the front uh uh, and I, I did get the California-grown Oklahoma redbud. So <laughs> Texas, te- you got the California-grown Texas redbuds of the Oklahoma variety, yes, sir. Yeah, and I tell you what, the, it, it's a, it's, it's. We've had it for several years, and it's, it really does have the glossy leaves. It's really mm-hmm. an impressive thing. But I, I also want to keep the grass around that green, and uh-huh. so is that, you know, if I water that grass enough to keep it green, is that is that going to hurt the red buds? At this point, uh, probably not. Uh, your trees are well established. They have a pretty widespread root system. Uh, it's in the initial, you know, planting stages. The the more roots a tree has, the faster it pulls the moisture out of the soil and releases it through the leaves through this process we call transpiration. A newly planted tree that's struggling to get its roots established is much more sensitive to staying too wet. So your trees that are several years old, uh, no, I, you know, don't overdo it. Give your grass that inch of water a week and your red beds will be just fine. You know, that other David has advised me to any, any, any tree I buy to, uh, knock the dirt off and bare root the thing i that's that's i know howard garrett used to promote this even howard's pull back on uh recommending that for any time other than the dead of winter um i i would kind of look at the tree itself i believe in loosening the root ball and looking at the soil that's you know that is growing in but uh i've i've seen people you know kill trees overdoing it uh you know with trying to bare root them sometimes not getting them replanted quickly enough so i'm in favor of perhaps cutting down one side of the root ball i'm in favor of loosening the root ball but uh you kind of take your chances if you go as far as bare rooting them so do whatever works for you 
I think I think he probably may have had in mind, you know, taking a real good close look to see that the flares, you know. Oh, it, absolutely. It absolutely. Yeah. Maybe that was the driving thought there. All right, sir. Thank well, you very much. Always good to hear from you. You get out and enjoy this beautiful Sunday morning, and uh, no, we'll talk again, Dave. Thanks so much. All right, let's take a minute here and uh, talk about another of our good sponsors who happens to be Medina Agriculture. Medina Ag's been around celebrating over 60 years right here in our area. And they want to remind you about, well, especially a few of their products that are really good this time of year. Things that kind of help winterize your plants. And those are things like the soil activator and the improved soil activator they call Medina Plus. And if you're planting new plants, this is about the, as good a root stimulator and starter solution as you're ever going to find. And, of course, they're quality fertilizers. The Hester Grove plant, the uh, liquid fish blend where you're using liquid fertilizers, great for setting out those fall vegetables and setting out your fall flowers as well. And then the dry product, the two forms of growing green, your grass, your trees, your shrubs will all be more cold-hardy if, if they get a good dose of nutrition before the chilly weather arrives. And of course, there's liquid seaweed, there's the liquid molasses, and the humates. Medina packages both dry humates and liquid humates. Great for building the soil, great for getting things well established. Medina Ag's a company that has been right in our area teaching people how to improve their soil and improve microbial life in the soil. And that's what it takes to grow really good quality plants. You want to see everything they make? Go to their website at medinaag.com. Want to see their products? Go to a good nursery or garden center and you'll see lots of quality things from Medina Agriculture. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the four-day super sale, September 15th through the 18th, and get 40% off paints and stains with prices starting at $26.69. That means 40% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 40% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, kbb.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we've represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Visit CordellCordell.com to take the first step. Offices in San Antonio, Austin, and St. Louis. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell and Cordell's attorneys online at CordellCordell.com. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. 
Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. Yeah, I'm so stressed. Our business is growing. We've got people all over now. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending the Uma cloud phone system with auto attendant and more than 50 features. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Just $24.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Find Small Business Calm at uma.com slash radio. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash radio. Gillette Intimate gives guys a gentle and easy shave on there. And around there. And even under there. Don't treat your groin like junk. Respect it with Gillette Intimate, the best a man can get. Buy now at a retailer near you. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This cardboard order, is it up to date? Camila's recyclable coffee cup factory can no longer be considered a grande. Uh, redesign, it's at the printer. She needs more designers to jump the business to a triple shot. client wants to see several more design options. The logo's got to be bigger. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates, and you can schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from the Indeed dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster is on the air. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, back to gardening and back to the phone lines. Don't dial right this second, by the way, because all the lines are taken. It's going to be Shirley and Gloria and Mark and Jerry. Shirley is uh, first in line. Good morning. Good, good morning, Bob. <clears throat> I have a question I've been meaning to ask you forever. First of all, I have a lot of molasses, the liquid. Uh-huh. Yes. And I'm wondering how I mix that and what I use it for other than everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything's a pretty good answer as long as you understand what you're doing with the molasses. The molasses is a strong stimulant of biological activity in the soil and, of course, on the leaves and stems of plants, too. Uh, uh, if you were able to analyze the leaf surface with a microbe, you would find that it is coated several layers deep with microbes that benefit the plants and help them resist insects and disease. So uh, the standard dilution that I use is one tablespoon of molasses per gallon of water. And I apply this both as a foliar spray and as a drench to the soil. And uh, I don't know of any plant that doesn't benefit from that. And I don't know of any time of year that it wouldn't be a good time to put it out. So um, get with it at your earliest convenience. Now, one thing that I do, especially in the months when spider mites may be active, 
is I'll actually combine the molasses with liquid seaweed, and for that matter, it's a good thing to do year-round. But uh, the the mix that most commonly goes through my sprayer is two tablespoons liquid seaweed, one tablespoon of molasses to one gallon of water. And, uh, I mean, that goes everything from my orchids to my tomato plants to everything growing in the yard. Okay, now if I'm doing it with a hose-in sprayer, how do I do that? Um, you simply, you, you, if I were doing that, because molasses can be a little thick, especially if you've had it for a while, um, in my sprayer, I would put, uh, I'd put about uh, one tablespoon of molasses, I'd put two tablespoons of liquid seaweed, and then I would put about, uh, oh gosh, uh, I'd go ahead and dilute that with uh, maybe, maybe a pint of water. Uh, or no, not that much, maybe a cup of water I would add to that just to thin it out a little bit and then set your sprayer to put out about three tablespoons per gallon and uh, that would be good. That's a tablespoon molasses, two tablespoons liquid seaweed, half a cup of water. Set that sprayer on somewhere between two and four. I'd aim for about three tablespoons per gallon mixing rate and get out there and get with it. Now, where I am putting it on the soil I'll frequently just mix it in a watering can and pour it on. But where I'm spraying yeah. it on the foliage and using the uh, the hose-in sprayer, um, that's where I go with uh, the one, two, and half cup water and then set it on three tablespoons uh, per gallon of mixing rate. I would only use a sprayer with the grass, and it's good. it would yeah. be good for the grass, right? And I could it do that be, now? You could do that as soon as I go, as soon as Dr. Kirby goes off the air at uh, – you know, uh, 11.59, that would be a good time to go outside and go to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have another problem. Uh, I have, I got a thing of the dried uh, molasses. It yes. sat there outside, it uh, must have gotten damp, it's like a rock. Can I soak right. it in water and use it? Yes, you can. It's, uh, it doesn't dissolve. What you're going to get is sort of a soggy mess. And, yeah, I know. you know, it's certainly not going to hurt you. I would just, you know, grab it by the handful and sling it around. In this case, I'd probably use it underneath your shrubs, around your trees, things like that. Um, if, okay. it, if the molasses dissolves well enough that you can spread it a little bit more widely, um, okay. you can put it on the grass and things like that. But I tell you, molasses must be related to cement because it turns into a brick i think you could build a skyscraper with so um if if you can't just break it up and throw chunks of it around that's fine to do but if it works better for you to uh soak it just soften it up and uh prepare to get sticky okay good i i have to tell you my front yard is beautiful. Grass is so green. I'm sure people think I'm cheating on the watering, but I, I think I'm going to put a sign out there that says organic. <laughs> I think that that would be a wonderful thing to do. I, I I have a friend that the water police came around and said, we haven't caught you doing anything wrong, but we don't think your yard could look this nice if you weren't cheating on the water. And uh, she took them her water readings and told them what her plan was, and uh, they just smiled and left her alone. So congratulations on doing it right. You're doing a great thing, Shirley. Okay. Um, you Last time I was there, you didn't have many vegetables and stuff. Do you, are you getting them in? They're starting to come in now since the weather's finally cooling down. Got a great selection of seed, but uh, it's going to probably be a week or two before we'll have 
all the uh, fall things, and we're still a month or six weeks away from being time for spinach. So it's supposed to be in the 90s every day this week. So uh, don't be in too big a hurry, but uh, uh, just more things arrive every day. But uh, still a couple of weeks away from being fully stocked. Um, looks like in, in talking to the suppliers that, as usual, we'll probably start getting garlic in October, probably start getting onions in early November and uh, okay. again, some of the some of the real cooler weather things like spinach, it will be later in the season. But things like broccoli and cauliflower and cabbage and lettuce and things like that, they'll be showing up pretty quickly. Okay, and so my garden, uh, I have some things in a smaller garden, but uh, my bigger garden just put uh, fertilizer and compost on it for now till it's you're ready a, to plant. You're a great listener. That's exactly what I do. Okay, good. Well, thank you. Have a wonderful day, Bob. You do the same, Shirley. Thank you so much, and congratulations again on that beautiful yard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Love love hearing those stories, and uh, it's what happens when you do it organically and do it right. Next in line is uh, Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Hi, Bob. It's good to hear you every week. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I woke up at 5 thinking that you were... Uh, go, uh, going to be on the radio. Because well, that's, I don't that's on Saturdays. Uh, five o'clock, I was right. up getting getting ready to head into town, but uh, it's a much more civilized hour on Sundays. <laughs> but I, I'm yes, sure you put exactly. the time to good use. Even for the callers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but you didn't anyway. have to get out of bed, so that's a nice thing for you. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, I just love your show so much, and I said, it doesn't hurt to hear it again uh, on the next day. Well, I appreciate hearing that. How can I help today? Well, uh, my friend uh, has a problem with uh, skunks. They sprayed her dogs, and they came in, and you can imagine what happened inside her Oh, yeah, yeah. So she cannot, she can't find anything that will positively take care of that problem. Well, there are very few things that will positively take care of it. Um, skunks do not like the smell of blood meal. And if they're going into a given area, if they're digging up an area of the flower beds, blood meal is a good, um, it, it's a good fertilizer, and it will be somewhat repellent to the skunks. Uh, skunks also are not fond of the smell of cedar. And I've known people that merely sprayed a bunch of cedar oil, and uh, you can get it. Nature's Creation sells it as Cedar Repel, uh, and there are two or three other. There's one cedar side, but the cedar oil sprays, um, you know, will also help to repel them. Uh, I I trap and release. I haul them off to a wildlife management area not too far from my ranch, and if she wants professional help, um, uh, this isn't a paid commercial, but I have to tell you, we had some problems with uh, raccoons tearing up uh, things getting into our attic here at Shades of Green. And uh, ABC Pest and Lawn, their, their animal exclusion division came out, and they trapped and hauled them off, and they did a wonderful job for us. So uh, if she wants professional help, I'd tell her to call ABC. But uh, tell her to start with the blood meal and the cedar repel, and uh, especially important to do it this time of year before they decide to find a warm place for the winter and set up housekeeping. What about on the dogs? Uh, is there a solution so that they can? Well, know, just the 
the there is a uh, uh, something after. There's not much that's going to keep a dog away from a skunk. They think it's perfume. It doesn't smell bad to them, so they don't care. But if they get into it, uh, there's a product called Nature's Miracle. Uh, that's uh, it's like a shampoo and it's totally safe for the dogs. But it's probably the single best thing that we've ever found to take away most of that skunk odor. They're still going to have a bit of a lingering scent for a few days afterwards. But Nature's Miracle works real well to get rid of most of it and just good old-fashioned Dawn dishwashing liquid. Uh, a lot of people use that as a home remedy to uh, reduce the skunk smell. But Nature's Miracle, you probably find that. I think Fifi and Fido's probably has it. Some of the better pet shops have it. Uh, I know up in Bernie, there's one called Fetch and Fiskers that carries it. But uh, it's it's about their best there is. But dogs just don't learn about critters. Uh, they they want to go out and play with the skunks, and the skunks are okay with that up to a point. And then they spray them. <laughs> But uh, that's better than one of our employees here whose uh, dog got about 200 porcupine quills in the face a couple of nights ago. So uh, skunks are not the worst thing that's coming around this time of the year. Okay, so it's Nature's Miracle. and Nature's uh, Miracle or Dawn Dishwashing water. Liquid, what, what a lot uh, of people dishwashing use. Dishwashing Liquid. Yeah. Okay, well, wonderful. Thank you so much. Bob. My pleasure, Gloria. Thank you for thank you for Bye. the call this morning. Thanks. I appreciate that. Goodbye. All right, uh, Mark and uh, let's see, we'll we'll talk to Mark and Stacy in just a moment. But it looks like right now I get to talk about Sam Sitterly and Green Grow Organics, and uh, it's just such a pleasure talking about Sam. Uh, and, and by the way, I know that is Jerry, not Stacy. I was reading it wrong. But anyway, Sam, you know his. I, I've told you for a long time about his service of consulting with you and you know doing some of the things that uh, he doesn't plant or trim or mow or you know cut your trees but uh, he does offer a consulting service to help you figure out what's going on with your yard and he does everything organically but he like I am we just hate to see all these companies come around trying to set up a program where they want to come spray poisons and chemicals on your yard well Sam set up his own Program. If you want to get on a quarterly schedule or whatever schedule you choose to have Sam and his crews come around and apply fertilizer and compost tea and things that will keep your yard, keep your landscape beautiful and healthy, well, Sam would love to talk to you about that. No more toxic stuff. No more poisons. He'll do the same thing with totally non-toxic products and give you better results than you've ever seen. So it's just one of the many services from Green Grow Organics. But uh he doesn't want to see those companies out putting toxic things all over your landscape, so uh, he's developed a whole program to do it the right way. If you'd like to learn more, check out his website at greengroworganics.com and just give him a call, 599-5565. That's 599-5565 for Sam Sitterly and Green Grow Organics. Run does nature's way. Stop in and see it today. Vitamins and so much more. We're a friendly local family-owned store. Vitamin C, A, or D? Which vitamin is right for me? Minerals? What are those? If anyone knows. Rhonda's knows. Rhonda's nature's way. It's time to get healthy. Come on, everybody. Let's go. There are two Rhonda's locations. Right here in San Antonio. For over 41 years, we've been blessed to serve you. Our staff is getting you healthy. Because that's just what we do. We thank God 
to be here and for so much more. We're your friendly local family-owned store. Rhonda's Nature's Way. Stop in and see us today. Vitamins and so much more. We're your friendly local family-owned store. In this market, you'll find Fisher Investments is different than other money managers. Different how? Aren't we all just looking for the hottest stocks? Nope. We use diversified strategies to position our clients' portfolios for their long-term goals. You don't just provide cookie-cutter portfolios? No. We tailor our clients' portfolios to their goals and needs. But you still sell investments that generate high commissions for you, right? No, we don't sell commission-based products. We're a fiduciary, the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. It means we're obligated to act in our clients' best interest. So when do you make more money? Only when your clients make more money? Yep, we have one transparent management fee structured, so we do better when our clients do better. Sounds like you really look out for your clients. We do, because our priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. That might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments. Clearly, different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Now at Staples, the prices of HP printers are dropping. Save on HP Smart Tank and enjoy even more savings on ink. Save on the HP Inkjet, perfect for high-quality picks. Save on HP Laser Printers, great for tackling high-volume document printing. Now through September 30th, save on Staples' entire selection of HP printers, some as low as $69.99. With HP printer price drops at Staples, now is the time to upgrade to HP, America's most trusted printer brand. See staples.com slash HP for details. Are you the parent of a 2-7 to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one on one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. We work with an independent network of tax professionals and will share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. Ty is a paid spokesman. I'm Ty Burrell, actor and small business owner. You can trust Innovation Refunds with your small business's ERC claim because of their SOC 2 Type 1 security compliance. Without this, how can you be sure a company can protect your information? It's not like here on the radio where all you need to be secure is a sensor button. My password to my bank account is Ty's cool password one. Uh-oh. Luckily, Innovation Refunds is more reliable. Go to innovationrefunds.com or call 1-843-REFUNDS to get started. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, let's get back to gardening and get straight back to the phone lines. Could be Mark and Jerry, Mike and Gavin. Mark is up first. Good morning, Mark. Morning, Bob. How are you? I'm off to a good start. It's an absolutely gorgeous, almost fall morning out there. So no complaints from uh, my end of the radio. All right. Well, great. Well, I have a question regarding this, uh, my sago palm. So about six weeks ago, I dug up a few of those. I guess you call them pups. Um, right. And I had pre-dug some holes, and I put the pups in the holes, and I watered them and, and fertilized them. And all the uh, prawns have 
turned brown and died. And I just wanted to know, one, is, is this expected or are they actually dead now? And if it isn't expected, did I do something wrong in the, you know, digging up the, the pups and moving them? Well, it's uh, um, nothing wrong with digging and moving the pups. Uh, you picked exactly the right time of year to do it, probably a little early in the summer, maybe July uh, would have been even better. The only thing I would have done differently is rather than replant them directly in the ground, I would have put them in pots and put them in a shadier area where they got a little bit less sun and a little bit less heat. Uh, I'm 99% sure that yours will come out. Keep them on the moist side. Uh, if cold weather arrives early, you know, put some mulch, put some compost over them. But they, the, the reason we transplant this time of year is that when you dig them, the roots die all the way back to the base of that little bulb, and then they start over making new roots. The soil is still plenty warm to get lots of root growth going. I would water them in maybe with some Garrett Juice, some Super Thrive, Little Medina Plus, or a combination of all of those things. And you're not going to see any change. If you have any of them that just have no roots, you might put like a little stake on either side of them, a little bamboo stake or something, just to keep them from wobbling around while they're getting their roots started. And don't expect to see new growth come out until next spring. But um, that would have been one advantage if you had if you had put them in the shade to get those roots started. You'd still have you know green foliage on them, but. Um, I, I'd say there's a very strong possibility, unless we just have a single-digit winter, uh, at least 90% of them are going to come out and grow just fine for you. Okay, so in the future, you would not directly plant them. You would put them in pots first. It, it would depend on where I was taking them from. If I was taking them off a plant that was sitting out in the blazing sun, and it was a small enough plant that the existing fronds on the mother plant weren't shading those little things around the bottom, uh, I might think about planting them directly. But uh, you have to realize that those little pups were in a little more protected area. The fronds weren't used to the kind of sun that we've had this summer. And that's kind of like you know going out and sit on, sitting on the beach when you haven't had any sun at all, is you're going to roast a bit, and those fronds did. But the bulb itself wasn't damaged uh, just with the life cycle, the way uh, sagos grow. They only put on one new set of fronds a year, and that typically uh, is in mid-spring. So you're going to have to look at some, and you might as well cut the, the uh, ugly uh, black-brown yeah, fronds off. But um, just keep them moist, but don't keep them soggy wet. And like I say, when we get into wintertime, I probably mulch them a bit. Uh, if you want to put one or two stakes against any of them that might have a tendency to, you know, rock back and forth, which would damage your new roots coming out, you can certainly do that. But uh, the great majority of them are going to come out just fine for you next spring. All right. Thank you very much. Well, you're certainly welcome. I appreciate the call this morning. Thank you, sir. Ah, uh, looks like next in line is uh, going to be Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Bob. Um, have a couple of questions. Um, I uh, I'm I'm planting in uh, Encino Park. You know, alkaline. Uh, mm -hmm. No, not Thin very soil. Deep soil. <laughs> yeah. So I typically have been using, you know, digging holes either one and a half or two times 
the gallon size root ball, and I've been using low ratio fertilizer, pellet fertilizer, pellet acidic uh, cotton burrow compost, uh, a rock phosphate and green sand mixed in with the uh, soils I put back in. But I haven't used specific ratios, and there may be some other better options. So I was wondering what you would recommend for mixing in the native soils when you put it back in the hole. Well, actually, very little. A uh, little bit of uh, good fertilizer is okay, any organic product, uh, and certainly a little rock phosphate will help with root growth. But the problem with making the soil around your new plant too good is the plants have no incentive to grow their plants out into your not-so-good native soil. Uh, they just sometimes tend to sit there and act like they're just in a new bigger pot and concentrate all their root growth pretty close to the existing root ball. So for the most part, I'm a big fan of, and, and never dig the whole digger deeper. Uh, you can always dig it wider if you like. But I generally just put the native soil back into the hole, and then on top of the soil, that's where I'll put my fertilizer, my compost, uh, um, you know, I'm using a lot of azomite these days. I just love what that does. But just going with native soil, as long as it's not just horrible caliche, um, and even if, if that's what you have, just get a good garden soil. But, but don't make that soil right around the plant too good, or the plant won't, won't want to put its roots anywhere else. It's just going to say, hey, you know, I'm living in heaven right now. Why should I put my roots out into this cruddy soil that's sitting all around me? So I'm I'm more of a fan of putting native soil back in, but then amending the surface very well uh, so that the plants will root into the surrounding soil and take off and grow just as well as if you mix it into the right up against the against the root ball. So you're feeling that those fertilizers and things will, with water, wash down in. To the root zone oh, yeah. versus adding oh, it to the root ab- zone. Absolutely, and the truth is that uh, they don't really wash down in, but they're acted upon by microbial life in the soil, which converts the fertilizers to thing that that the plants can use. There's a lot of evidence that a very specialized fungus called mycorrhizal fungus actually transports a lot of the nutrient material directly to the roots of the plant. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, you're you're getting just as much benefit if you'd actually put it in contact with the roots, perhaps even more so. I see. Well, it might be interesting. I like Malcolm Beck used to do. I'll, I could do it both ways and see which uh, see which makes it which that's better. Uh, it's always fun to experiment, but keep records so you'll remember exactly what you did. Well, I think, you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm a Malcolm Beck guy from 30 years ago, so I knew Malcolm. 30 well, years ago. So. I, I've known Malcolm, knew Malcolm for at least that long, but I can promise you Malcolm confided in me that more than once he forgot what he did and then he wondered why it worked so well. So keep your records and, uh, you know, always make your compost the last thing you apply. Put it on top of your other supplements because the compost is full of, of the microbes that are going to do that conversion of the material for your plants. And, uh, uh, report your results. I love people that experiment and keep records, and I'd love to love to have a testimonial from you after you've had a little experience with it. Yeah. The other thing is, how much mulch are you recommending these days, considering we we can have uh, from seven to fifteen degrees uh, uh, wintertime freezes? Ah, uh, two to four inches. Uh, okay. Some things like some things that are a little more delicate, like figs. Uh, things like that. Uh, I I've put mulch 
over the root zone, but then when we start approaching that kind of weather, I'll actually pile it up around the trunk. I'm going to put a little away from the trunk in the spring, but uh, the, the bitter winters we've had uh, and, you know, some of our semi-hardy perennials, some things like figs, uh, some of the citrus and things like that, I actually like mulching a little ways up the trunk so that if they do freeze all the way to the ground, they will come back true and come back more quickly. Well, that's the other question I had was considering I I had never grown citrus, but I have friends out in this area in Stone Stone Oak had done really good for years, and then Yuri came along and just killed everything. So right, and I actually had to put in a uh, frost resistant. Uh, <laughs> Uh, citrus, you know, that particular year, it got killed back. Oh, yeah. The uh, rootstock survived, but the graft got killed back. So right now, considering you have to worry between 105 degrees in the summertime (laughs) and and 8 degrees in the the wintertime, and maybe even worse, depending on the year, uh, what would you recommend as something that will survive those conditions and thrive these days? Well, if you like citrus, um, you can get dwarfed citrus. They're uh, they still produce full-size fruit, but they're grafted onto a rootstock that keeps the plant a little bit smaller statured. And just keep your citrus in a pot that you can drag it inside if those kind of temperatures uh, seem likely. The other thing you can do is that kind of in response to what's happened the past uh, few years, the growers are producing much more cutting-grown citrus, and it's always labeled that way so that there's not a rootstock. If your Myers lemon freezes back to the ground and then comes back out, it's still a Myers lemon because it's growing on its own roots as opposed to having been grafted. And there's nothing wrong with that. The first year or two, the plants are a little bit more delicate. But if you really want to put them in the ground, I would, where possible, look for cut and grown plants rather than grafted plants. And if you want to be 100% safe and you'll remember to bring them in, uh, they're a lot more of the dwarfed, that's dwarf with ED on the end, dwarf trees that are grown on or that are grafted onto a rootstock called flying dragon, which will keep the size down but still give you portability, you might say. So what what uh, what what t- what size pot are we talking about? Twenty gallons or, uh, or well what? to plant into plant into probably a sixteen inch pot. Uh, you're going to buy, most of the trees you buy are going to be in either two or three gallon pots, but, uh, you know, whiskey barrel size pot, something you can still move, something you can still get onto one of those plant caddies and roll around. So uh, for me, that's probably about a 16 inch pot. Okay. So how about in terms of, with things like pears, then considering all this cold weather, will they do well here? Is a certain pear variety oh, yeah. do well here? Yeah. Our hard pears do very well. Orient, kefir, Lacante, Moonglow. Pears do well, peaches do well, plums do well, apples, if you've got the right soil, where you are, I'd probably avoid apples, but uh, uh, pears are probably our longest live fruit tree, and they're all hard pears. Soft pears are too disease susceptible here, but uh, uh, there's some very good pears you can plant. So the hard pears, I guess, are a little bit harder to eat than mostly meant for canning, right? Um, they're, well, it's like eating a really crisp apple as opposed to a softer, um, you know, summer champion or something like that. But uh, they're also excellent canned. My grandfather canned a lot of pears, and we eat good pears year-round as a result. But, yes, your harder pears, uh, they're certainly easier on the teeth if you can them. But uh, nothing wrong with taking a, a bite out of a good ripe pear. You, you can chew it pretty well, and it'll have great flavor. 
Yeah, my my parents in Austin had one of those trees that exactly what you're talking about. And I guess historically they've been used for a long time then. Yes, sir. They're t- trees that are 100 years old out there. But, uh, Mark, you get well, out and have I a great weekend. Is... I know we'll we'll talk again. All right. Uh, let's see. I've got to get one more quick break in here, and that will be Rhonda's, Rhonda's Nature's Way. I just love talking about Rhonda. She just has so many wonderful things, and I get a lot of credit for my energy levels, my good health, to some of the supplements I get from her. And, of course, I love the Ultima, which is my choice of electrolytes to get through the summer months. I also uh, take some things to support my immune system. She has just the very best in supplements and vitamins, far better than you're going to find in the grocery store or on a chain pharmacy shelf. She also has a lot of things that will help you if you're trying to lose weight. Uh, what is it, holy protein, uh, some of the new bars and things that she has. My gosh, those things are delicious, and yet there's no refined sugar in there. It's hard to believe something that tastes that good can actually be good for you. And remember, she does reflexology, beamer light therapy, red light therapy right there at the store. Get by and see them. You will be in better health naturally when you get to know Rhonda's Nature's Way. Closed on Sundays, open every other day to serve you. Shopping center at the corner of I-10 and Callahan. Rhonda's Nature's Way. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Retired or retiring soon, how much money do you need to live comfortably? Retirement Planners of America is here for you. Would you like to have financial peace of mind? Here's how. Step one, find out the amount of money you'll need to retire. Step two, have a plan to get there. Step three, make sure that plan can take advantage of market gains but protect you from market losses. Discover how to do all three with a free consultation at 800-508-6108. That's 800-508-6108. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Ten bucks says your local Staples now accepts Amazon returns. Ten bucks says you can make those returns at Staples seven days a week. Ten bucks says you'll get in and out fast and easy. Ten bucks says when you make an Amazon return at Staples, you'll get ten bucks off your Staples purchase of $30 or more. Ten bucks says it's pretty cool to get ten bucks to spend on something you want just for returning something you don't. Ten bucks says Staples will be your new favorite place for Amazon returns. Ten bucks says you knew I was going to say ten bucks says. Offer good in store only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell and Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we have represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Visit CordellCordell.com to take the first step. Offices in San Antonio, Austin, and St. Louis. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's attorneys online at CordellCordell.com. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. There's never any FOMO with the iHeartRadio app. You won't ever have to miss out on your favorite shows and contests with this radio station again. Radio 24-7 
365. We're here when you want us. Stay connected and listen anywhere when you download the free iHeartRadio app. For over 40 years, Joe Gomez has won verdicts and settlements of $13 million, $7 million, and $6 million. Lifetime member Million Dollar Advocates Forum. For free consultation, call 210-736-4040. And always remember, Gomez Law Fights. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster is on the air. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right. Uh, we're a little close to news time here. I don't think I really have time to get another call in here. So let me just take a few seconds. And uh, by the way, we'll start off. Uh, let me see here. We'll start off next hour with Mike and Gavin and Joyce and Daniel. But uh, remember, with this cooler weather, we can start planting a few of the fall bedding plants. Petunias, I think you're okay to plant now. Within a couple of weeks, we'll be talking snapdragons and dianthus. So those uh, summertime things are looking a little sad. We're just a very close to being able to plant some good things for winter. We're fine now to be planting things like broccoli and cauliflower and cabbage. Uh, pretty soon it'll be okay for lettuce. Uh, certainly time now for snow peas as well. Things like spinach, we will wait a little while on those. We'll be right back after news here on KTSA Radio, San Antonio, Texas. From ABC News, I'm Dave Packer. Back on the picket lines, United Auto Workers. It's day three of their strike against Detroit's big three automakers. Robert Marchese is a UAW member in Ohio. I know we're asking for a lot, but... Over the years that I've worked for them, we've gave up a lot. The union wants to bring back pension plans, better retiree health care, cost of living adjustments, and a 40% pay increase over the next four years. Stellantis, the owner of Chrysler, saying they've offered a nearly 21% increase in hourly wages. That's roughly in line with what's on the table from Ford and General Motors. Negotiations resumed this weekend. A UAW source telling ABC News... The conversations with Ford were reasonably productive. ABC's Allison Kosick. Cleanup underway along the New England coast in maritime Canada after the remnants of Hurricane Lee pummeled the region. ABC News meteorologist Samara Theodore is at Higgins Beach in Scarborough, Maine. Tropical storm warnings have been discontinued after Lee made landfall in Nova Scotia, but not before bringing at least three inches of rain to Bar Harbor, strong gusty winds to Atlantic Canada, and damages along the New England coastline. The storm is being blamed for one death after a tree fell in a car in Maine. Desperate search and recovery efforts continue in Libya. Thousands of bodies have been recovered and thousands are more still missing in the coastal city of Derna. Cleaved in two by catastrophic flooding after two dams meant to protect the city collapsed. ABC News chief foreign correspondent Ian Panel is in Libya. People are now slowly coming back to survey the damage. This farmer returning to the land he once knew saying, We've lost the agriculture, the water, our cars, our entire world. The World Health Organization say they've sent emergency aid to reach nearly a quarter of a million people. An international aid effort to help those affected is ramping up. Vital supplies, medicine and clean water arriving in Derna for so many in need. You're listening to ABC News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. 
MetaShare works too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 877-26-BIBLE. That's 877-26-BIBLE. 877-26-BIBLE. All right, just out of more gardening, let's talk for a moment about Wild Birds Unlimited. I was in Wild Birds Unlimited just a few days ago, as a matter of fact, and oh, it's almost so much fun to visit with Kyle and his staff. Talk about people that love their business, love their customers, and can literally answer just any question you have about birding or nature or lots of different things. Wild Birds Unlimited knows that this is the time of year the migrating birds are passing through. Some of the most beautiful birds we get are in the spring and fall when this migration occurs. And if you have the right feeders and the right feed, they'll stop by your landscape and you can really enjoy. Hummingbirds getting ready for that big trek southward. Very important that you have good feeders and good nectar. Wild Birds Unlimited even has products who will make that nectar stay fresh longer. And feeders that actually stop the ants as well. I could go on and on about all their birding products, but I also want to tell you about their gift line. It's always something new and different. Every Wild Bird store shops independently for their gift items, and our store out there at the corner of Northwest Military and Hebner, they have some of the best you will find anywhere. They love their customers, they love the birds, and you will love Wild Birds Unlimited. Get out and see them, and if you have any questions, always give them a call, 479-BIRD, 210-479-BIRD for Wild Birds Unlimited. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster is on the air. Talk to Bob now. 210-599-5555. All right. Let's, uh, let's get right on back to the phone lines. Looks like it's going to be uh, Mike and Gavin and Joyce and Daniel. Uh, we start with Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Uh, I got a few questions. Um, First one is I planted a Hale's Best cantaloupe plant in my backyard yep. in the spring. Right. Uh, grew really well. It spread really far and wide, put out a bunch of cantaloupes, but I didn't get to eat hardly any of them. Um, they would get attacked by bugs, and at first I'd had them on the ground, but then I lifted them up onto a little platform, and it didn't seem to matter. They'd get, like, cracks in them or little holes in them, and I couldn't tell yeah. if the bugs were boring the holes or not. And there was a lot of ants and earwigs getting in and out of them. <laughs> Welcome to South Texas Gardening. Well, cantaloupes are cantaloupes are one of the best things you can grow, but uh, getting them up off the ground is a good idea. There are different ways to do it. Um, I usually just, you know, I'll use something like a piece of two by two or something like that. I can put uh, to lift them up off the ground. I also uh, okay. frequently put out a bait, which is called Sluggo Plus. It takes care of yeah. snails, slugs, and pill bugs. And uh, if I've got ant issues, and boy, this is a year that just about everybody had ant issues, you can also put out a bait that's called Come and Get It. It's, again, a safe, natural, organic bait to stop them. Yeah. I will tell you, if you want to go to the trouble... I'll tell you the the way two other ways that friends have grown cantaloupes. Uh, 
I had one friend over in Seguin that grew them up his chain link fence, and he made little wooden platforms. He was something of a carpenter, and he'd make this little platform that he could just slip over the wire and put underneath the individual cantaloupe, so they developed up, you know, 12, 18, 24 inches up off the ground. And he had a lot fewer problems. I had another clever friend that... uh, um, had problem with birds getting after him, which can also be a problem. And he kind of did the same thing. And I, I hope they were his girlfriends, not his own. But he got some old nylon stockings, pantyhose, whatever. And he would actually slip that around the cantaloupe and tie it, huh. you know, to the fence. Okay. And that kept the birds as well as the bugs away from it. Uh, once the cantaloupe's pollinated and uh, growing, it you know doesn't need any further help from the insects. And that pretty yeah. much kept them going. And uh, uh, just you know, a pair of scissors or a knife or whatever. Uh, you want to be able to see the top of the cantaloupe as it ripens, because if you watch for those little splits where the stem actually mm-hmm. attaches to the cantaloupe. When you see those splits start to form, that tells you that the cantaloupe's pretty much at the peak of ripeness, and uh, pick okay. it and bring it in. But uh, those are, uh, you know, we, we fight, oh, in my garden, I fight raccoons, I fight possums, I fight everything in the world really yeah. wants to get fresh cantaloupes, and uh, I use electricity, electric fence sometimes if it gets real bad, but uh, the bugs are controllable. In a dry year, you can also sprinkle diatomaceous earth all around the fruit as they develop, and that'll take care of a lot of them. But uh, uh, everything okay. I do is organic, but the uh, come and get it and the uh, Sluggo Plus keep most all of the insect creatures, you know, away from things in my garden very well. Okay, thank you. Um, next question, is root flare exposure, uh, does it matter on a plant like a, like a blackberry bush or a grapevine or a blueberry bush? Not really. Uh, maybe okay. blueberries, maybe grapevines. Blackberries, you know, blackberry cane is, uh, that, that cane only produces once. After it's produced, mm-hmm. uh, many of us go through and cut the cane out just so it gives the new canes room to grow. Root flare exposure is also not necessary on sagos, and it's not necessary on palm trees. I think it's still a good idea, but it's not. Uh, soil is not nearly as damaging because the internal structure of a cycad trunk or a palm trunk is totally different than a woody tree. But uh, it's it's really important on crepe myrtles, on oaks, on elms, uh, even on shrubs like pittosporum and things like mountain laurels. But um, uh, absolutely not on okay. blackberries, and probably not a problem on uh, on grapevines either. Okay. Um, last question. I I have a blueberry plant. Um, I talked to Mark Fanick at Fanix, and he gave me a lot of recommendations on his favorite varieties, yeah. and and how to grow them and everything. And so I have one. It's in a ten gallon nursery pot. I've I've had it about six months, and I got it in Fox Farm strawberry field soil. And uh-huh. I've added a bunch of compost. I, I've been listening to you for a long time. So, um, and I have some. I put hollytone in there, which is like a fertilizer for acid-loving right. plants. Right. Um, and it seems to be doing great, um, except it. And it's put out quite a bit of new growth, but the new growth, the leaves are more yellow than the rest of them. And I've heard that could be because it's low acidity or hot too. The pH is too high. I mean, um, and I'm I... just curious. I, yeah, I you, don't have a done, water softener, and I live in San Antonio. I don't know if that's affecting it or what. 
it's it's has a lot to do with the heat. Uh, it's just hard to, you know, compost produces natural acidity. You've added a bunch of compost mm-hmm. to what's already a pretty good soil. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think it is probably more just the heat than anything else. Okay. I would tell you get some azomite. That is the that has been the most remarkable yeah. product I've ever found for keeping things green. And I'll also tell you one other thing, and this is just between you and me, not anybody else. But Mark, Mark Fanick, I mean, Mike Fanick is the only guy I know that grows real good blueberries in San Antonio. Okay. He's given me yeah. all his lectures and his varieties, and I still can't grow blueberries. But uh, it's, okay. I, I wish we were all as good as Mike was, but uh, he's the only guy I know who is consistently successful with producing blueberries. Okay. So I hope you'll be number two on the list, but uh, don't beat yourself up over it. It's, uh, uh, it's hard to grow blueberries here, and this summer's been especially bad. If your plants are just alive and their only problem is they're a little bit yellow, you're way ahead. Uh, you probably have some okay, blueberries great. this spring. <laughs> okay, thank you very Mike much. Mike and Mark are both, both great guys, and I tease them both constantly when I get the chance. But truly, I don't <laughs> know anybody that grows blueberries as well as Mike does. And consequently, he's pretty gung-ho about them. But uh, you let me know how you do with yours. <laughs> okay, will do. Thank you. you thank you, Mike. Uh, let's see here. Yes, we've got time to talk to Gavin before we take a little break. Uh, good morning, Gavin. Yes, sir. Hey, morning. Good morning. Hey, um, I have an ongoing issue probably for a couple of years and trying to figure out what's going on. We have some purple dwarf Laura petulums. Yeah. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden just one branch turns brown and the leaves curl up like instantly. You look at it today, it's fine. Tomorrow, all of a sudden all the leaves on that one branch are dead. Mm-hmm. But we don't you... see any insects or nothing. And it, I mean, it's just been an ongoing, I mean, the, we have nice big bushes and they keep getting smaller and smaller. So, Well, look at the thermometer. And uh, you and everybody else, I don't know anybody. Uh, the purple laura petalums are far superior. Just a couple of days ago, I was looking at uh, a place where they planted some of the original laura petalums who were called blush. And I've never seen any way to keep those plants looking healthy. But the, the purple pixie, the um, most of the purple varieties will do reasonably well. But having a dead limb here and there, when we get 108 degrees, I mean, these guys, they love it when it's humid, you know, 99 degrees over in Louisiana. But um, they just don't seem to stand up to the heat quite as well. As long as they're putting on new growth, as long as the leaves look good, um, they're going to continue to grow. You're going to have your nice crop of uh, pink to red flowers next spring. But um, you're looking at environmental problem, not a problem with anything you're doing wrong. And as far as I can tell, not a problem with insects and disease. It's just the nature of the beast when you're growing in a super hot climate with not so good soils. I would recommend a little azomite to keep some uh, uh, keep the foliage a little bit more attractive. And it also seems to help. I think uh, people that I've talked to have less dieback when they use a little azomite. But the ones in our parking lot, the ones that I see regularly, uh, this summer, I've seen more than I've ever before, and it's just like you say. It's just uh, kind of little clusters, one limb here, one limb there, and yet the rest of the plant seems to be totally healthy is what I've been seeing. Is that what yours are doing? Yeah, I mean, it's just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, one branch is just dead. Yeah, um, but it, and it always happens midsummer. I don't think you'll see that fall or spring, um, but it, and it's just environmental. And if you've got a way to make it cooler in the summer, we've got to set up a business, and we're going to be wealthy. 
<laughs> okay. And the other question I have for you, um, I know you're short on time, is we have some Stella Dero Day Lilies. Yes, uh huh. And we've had some of them for several years, nice big help. They were healthy, uh, but they have literally just died completely to the ground. Would that be like slugs or anything? Um, slugs and snails go after them. They are not necessarily dead. Uh, many daylilies, uh, you know, die back to the ground uh, and then come back out. Stella de Oro is one of what we call the evergreen because they usually don't die back. But uh, the, the problem that I've seen more this summer is people keep them too wet. Uh, the temptation is, you know, to water them daily because they droop. Everything out there seems to droop. And uh, daylilies are one plant that if that if that kind of the collar where the leaves first come out of the soil, if that stays too wet, the foliage just totally rots away on them. So uh, with daylilies, when in doubt, keep them on the dry side. They can get droopy and it doesn't hurt them at all. But watch your watering. When you water, water really thoroughly. But be sure that soil is dry at least an inch or two deep. And uh, when we're in this kind of heat, mulch the area around them, but never, ever put mulch up against the plants themselves. Okay. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of nutsedge keeps growing around that area. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, nutsedge is the bane of, of South Texas, but uh, it doesn't really cause any problems. It's unsightly, and we've been you know, conditioned to think that, you know, you're not a good gardener if you have nutsedge, but uh, it's it's just been prolific, and uh, it's, it's hard to say why, because it's an aquatic plant, maybe because everybody's watering more is why we see so much of it, but uh, uh, I've gotten to where we just pull it if periodically, if you mix up some fairly strong molasses and put around your plants, this encourages the microbes, and your daylilies and other plants will love it. The nutsedge many times doesn't happen overnight, but it just turns brown and rots away. It can't stand that much microbial activity in the soil. So treat it with a little dry molasses uh, periodically or mix up some liquid molasses, maybe oh, half a cup of molasses to a gallon of water. Use that to water that area, and you'll, you'll keep it under better control. Okay. And um, we have some, uh, what are those roses? The... The roses. roses. What are the roses? Knockouts. The red ones. The knockouts. Yes. Yeah. We yep. have lots of knockouts, and we have a, another variety that's a little smaller. Um, we got lots of black leaves, and even on the flowers, they get little black spots. Any recommendations? It's, well, again, cooler fall weather is going to help. Knockouts happen to be one of the showiest roses ever, and they're also one of the biggest wimps ever. In my landscape, I found I had to water them three times as often as I watered some of the older varieties, and I finally just gave up on them. I couldn't keep them watered. And this year, when the heat hit, the combination of the you know cold late in the year, I, in professionally maintained landscapes, they're just dying left and right all over town. I think it's mainly a water issue. To some extent, it's a heat issue. Uh, prune them back. Uh, knockouts are, they're not really any climbing knockouts. I would give them a fairly thorough pruning this time of year. And if the weather okay. continues to cool off, you should get new growth. But uh, it's just been impossible to keep knockouts cool enough or moist enough this year. And uh, 
uh, don't feel like it's you alone. You travel around. I go up and down Broadway very regularly because it's close to our business. And the knockouts were absolutely gorgeous in, Mar in March are uh, brown, black, and largely dead from this summer. So uh, it's just uh, when you plant more, plant Belinda's Dream, plant Julia Child, plant Joe's Rose. Uh, there are some much hardier roses out there than knockouts. Plant a few because they are undoubtedly one of the showiest roses you will ever see in the spring. But uh, they turned into wimps when we had a really tough summer. Okay, any recommendations as far as feeding them right now? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, feed everything in the landscape right now. Um, I happen to like, uh, uh, there's a company called Maestro Grow that years ago came up with a formulation they called Rose Glow, R-O-S-E-G-L-O. Um, it's one of the best fertilizers I've ever seen for roses. We actually went to the company that makes it and said, if you were going to make it, uh, what, what, if you're going to do it over again, what would you do? And the guy owned it at the time was named Gary DeMasters. He told us a few other things he would have added, and we told him, okay, add it. So um, we have something we call the uh, landscape um, landscape, I'm sorry, color essentials, which is improved rose glow, but most nurseries around are going to carry rose glow by Maestro Grow, and it's probably the best rose fertilizer I've ever seen. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Appreciate the help. That's what I'm here for, Gavin. I appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. All right, Joyce and Daniel, hang on just a minute, and uh, you'll be up next after I talk about Phoenix Nursery and Garden Center, which I love to do. I tease Mark and Mike, but they're two of the best. They're plantsmen. They're not just people in the nursery business. I'll tell you, the Fanick family, I knew their dad, John. I knew their grandfather, Eddie, for a few years before he passed away. And that's a family that just loves plants. And consequently, they know one heck of a lot about plants. And they've got a fantastic nursery, probably the biggest nursery in San Antonio, about 10 acres over there and still little room to grow. They've just gotten a big new shipment of crepe myrtles in. Uh, they're always known for their crepe myrtles in the summer months. They're starting to get well stocked up on uh, fall vegetables. Uh, and as we heard from one of our callers early, they're starting to get some uh, containerized fruit trees in already. Mannix has room to have a lot of different things. They've also got lots of shade trees that will qualify for the Green Tree Shade Rebate Program with CPS. They've got lots of the perennials that qualify for the Saws Water Saver Rebate Program. Mannix just has a bit of everything. Also organic products, both for pre-emergence and uh, good fertilizers. It's just always fun to visit Mannix. They've got so many interesting plants over there and they're open seven days a week to serve you located over on home green road right where they've been for about five about 90 years now check them out online at fanic f-a-n-i-c-k fanicnursery.com hi trey Ware here for alamo water softeners and for a limited time when you purchase a water softener from alamo water softeners you will receive a free reverse osmosis drinking water system why don't you make an online appointment today with one of alamo water softeners hold home specialists for a free water analysis that is customized for a system tailored for your home you know hard water has damaging effects on your body and home appliances when those mineral deposits come into contact with your pipes they line the pipes with deposits and that can drastically cut the lifespan of your appliances alamo water softeners offer offers a water treatment system for both newly built and older homes, providing the highest quality water treatment available. Alamo Water Softeners was honored to be voted a 2023 Next Door Neighborhood Fave on the Next Door app. They really are great. Alamo Water Softeners high efficiency and advanced technology provide you complete whole home coverage for your family. Check it out today and ask about this special, a free reverse osmosis drinking water system at alamowatersofteners.com. That's alamowatersofteners.com. 
Exergen thermometers are the number one choice by medical professionals at top-ranked hospitals across the U.S. As your kids get ready to return to school, keeping them healthy is important. Make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home or business to check for fever where accuracy matters. When measuring temperature at home and at work, use an Exergen thermometer to keep your family and colleagues safe. Learn more at exergen.com. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you're always looking for ways to position your operation to create opportunities and move on them faster. With Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Every business seeks an advantage, whether it's having the best location, hiring top talent, or spotting trends before they happen. And now, the United States Postal Service can give your business a new advantage. Introducing USPS Ground Advantage. Reliable and affordable two- to five-day package shipping. It's the advantage you need at the price you want. Get the Ground Advantage at USPS.com advantage. The United States Postal Service. Delivering for America. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great math she masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. Or you did become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to lifelock.com. I'm Ty Burrell, actor and small business owner. I'm going to show you my steps for making the perfect radio ad. This one's about innovation refunds and the ERC. First step, be relatable. I like pizza and puppies. Two, cold hard info. The ERC is a tax credit for eligible businesses that kept employees on payroll in 2020 and 2021. So if you qualify, Innovation Refunds Network of Independent Tax Attorneys could help you claim it. Three, go to innovationrefunds.com or call 1-843-REFUNDS. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. We work with an independent network of tax professionals. Terms and conditions apply. Ty is a paid spokesman. 
Tree Hugger Sprinklers are the ultimate watering device for either your newly planted or established trees and shrubs. Tree Hugger Sprinklers open and close around the trunk of your tree and provide 360 degree watering. With the Tree Hugger adjustable valve, you can direct the water to your tree's targeted saturation zone. Tree Hugger Sprinklers come in three sizes, 7 inches, 11 inches, and 15 inches, so it can accommodate practically every tree and shrub. You can purchase a Tree Hugger Sprinkler at your local garden center, feed store, or hardware store. Go to treehuggersprinklers.com to find a retailer close to you. You can also buy it direct from Amazon, HEB stores, or treehuggersprinklers.com. If you're an independent nursery, garden center, hardware store, or feed store, you will want to stock this product. Contact the good people of Tree Hugger Sprinklers and they will get you set up. Learn more online at treehuggersprinklers.com. That's treehuggersprinklers.com. Remember, Tree Hugger Sprinklers are your tree's best friend. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, back to gardening on a beautiful Sunday morning out there. It's going to be Joyce and Daniel and David, and Joyce is up first. Good morning, Joyce. Bob, I have three questions for you this morning, and uh, I'm going to start with the goofball one first. That is, when (laughs) Halloween said that a cashew was not a nut, it was a seed and grew outside the plant, I realized that I'd thought about it off and on, and I, I, my entire life, thought cashews were a nut, and now when I think about it, it does kind of look like a deformed peanut. What Mm -hmm. the heck is a cashew? Well, I I'm not sure how the botanists would classify it. It just it's a it's what we consider a nut that grows in an odd way. Think about almonds. Almonds are you know the part that we eat is the kind of the inside of the seed. Think about peanuts, the weirdest thing in the world, where the foliage bends over and touches the ground and then forms the nuts inside. I it's a great question, but since cashews don't grow here, I can't say that I really know exactly how they form. But it it in my mind it is a nut that just has a very odd growth habit. I I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's not a tree nut as we think of you know pecans and walnuts and things like that. But uh, happens to be my favorite nut and the most nutritious one out there. But uh, you've stumped me as far as a complete explanation. But I'll work on it for you. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's just that off and on in my head, it would say, "Wonder what a nut looks." You never see them. Nobody ever talks about them. Mm-hmm. I think of it as a nut, and yet when I looked at the thing, I thought, "Well, it does look like a deformed peanut." But what Heloise said, which was kind of funny, was she said it's a seed that grows outside the fruit, and I'd never thought of it as being a fruit, which she may be wrong about. But anyway, I think she is that. wrong about it. I, so far as I know, as a strawberry is the only fruit that produces seed on the outside but uh well, i'll have to check on that too that's fine that that's not important i'll get to my main question i have two of them. a short one third one if we have time okay. and that is i have to give you a little bit of background for you to be able to visualize this to be able to help me with and i think i've reached a, a solution but whether it's a good one or not we'll see and that has to do with a fecus an old fecus that may be over 10 years old and it was too big i got it through the 21 freeze but for the 22 i couldn't move it in so i moved it up to the front of the house by the door between a bay window and wedged 
it in there and couldn't cover it decently but tried <laughs> to cover the root ball. It's one of those that has the banana-like heavy roots that come yeah. above the ground. Right. And so uh, it it was dead. It The whole thing, I mean, well, it wasn't. But anyway, the whole thing froze on the top. And uh, I would not throw it away because I thought, well, it was in an 8-inch pot that was mm-hmm. set into a 10-inch uh, ter- uh, terracotta pot. And the roots have filled, I guess, the terracotta pot below that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I didn't know what to do with it, but I kept it. And, of course, I'm, I'm going to be the eternal optimist, I guess, on plants. But anyhow, uh, when I saw my my yard guy wanted to cut it down and I said well let's cut back because it was like maybe four feet tall and mm-hmm. see where the green starts well it didn't start and by eight inches he murdered it you know across the top and I said stop 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 okay so I went on with it and eventually I was blessed with little leaves peeking out from the center because the center heavy roots still looked viable to me anyway uh-huh. and it started coming out and it did come out now if you picture it as a circle it's only the back part that made it from the root ball in about maybe 10 percent of the uh of the edge of the ball root ball mm-hmm. and but there now this is now several months it is coming out like gangbusters and making uh-huh a beautiful bush which I want to keep it as a bush right but the thing is it has maybe a dozen I call them branches or stems coming out from that one little tiny area in the back mm-hmm. which right. is fine because I'm going to keep all that root in the front I like it and hopefully <laughs> the whacked off parts will kind of disintegrate and and I'll have that beautiful odd root thing with a nice bush on top now my question is now it is growing like gangbusters, and mm-hmm. it's gone from 8 inches to uh, 12 inches, you know, practically overnight, and it has three heavy central leaders, cent- well, no, they're not central, he- three heavy leaders that have already branched and are maybe mm-hmm. uh, 12 to 15 inches tall. Now, what I planned on doing was turning it on its side, taking it out of the terracotta pot, cutting the root mass that's inside the terracotta part, getting the plastic pot off of it, replanting it. I can't move the terracotta. uh, terracotta. I'm going to put it in plastic so it'll be Uh easier for me to move. And what I'm wondering is, should I cut or may I cut the foliage in half? I can cut it in half to reduce the top to the root ball and still have 50% because it's a mass of heavy, healthy, growing, actively growing leaves. I would say cut it as you like, but don't feel like you have to butcher up that old root ball. You know, they're live roots intermesh through the dead. um, Exactly. But ficus is a vigorous, vigorous plant, as you've discovered, when it's growing well. So just like giving yourself a haircut or whatever, trim it any way you like. Don't take more than about a third of the green foliage off at any one time. But uh, the lesson here is uh, next time if you have something like that that you just can't move to a protected place in its present state, get your pruning shears out at that point. And even if you whack it down to a little nub that's 18 inches tall, 
it will come out, and it will come out a lot faster than it did this time. Sometimes we have to prune heavily in the fall just to be able to manage to get a tender plant in where we can keep it from freezing. But uh, uh, it's a hardy plant. It's obviously, you know, it had a very close call with freezing to death, but it's coming back out. And uh, at this point, just treat it like a healthy plant and and prune as you like. I I agree that it will be best to grow it as a bush at this point, but uh, uh, the pruning is strictly up to you. As long as you can keep it watered, it's happy in a small pot. In fact, the whether it's a rubber plant or a fiddle leaf or whatever, Benjamina, whatever you're growing, they're always happier in a small pot than in a big pot. So don't be rushing to put it into anything unmanageable and uh, just give it as much of a haircut as you like. It's it's responding well and you just keep watering and feeding. It's going to be a great plant again. Well, oh, I wouldn't touch that root ball for anything. That's what gives it all its character and what I yep. love about it so much. And the green will go above that because that root structure is all above ground. And I, I love the character of that yep. mass of things there. And it, and it's done self-healing on what had died on the root stuff. So to me, it, it's just perfect and it's just filled with character. And that's what I wanted to do on that. But I can cut it 50% to yep. manage that root ball, and it'll still be 50% of the leaves because it is solid leaves. Uh, it, oh, it's really happy. And it's going to do nothing but get bigger for you, so prune as needed. Good. That settles that. Uh, may I move to the third question? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I planted two papayas, tree seeds, seed whatever. They were uh, in pots that I had gotten uh, through the winter, and they were about, oh, two and a half to three feet tall in their pot. And I planted them out because I, these are, by the way, these are the small tropical ones. Oh, good. Very good. Not, not the big Mexican. And I planted two of them out, but they haven't done much in the way of growing. The leaves seem small. They seem to always want more water. They're, they're healthy, the little crown, but very small leaves. And I was thinking with winter coming up, they've been in the ground maybe two months. Mm-hmm. Can I have my yard guy dig those back up and put them in maybe a 12-inch pot to I try would. to get them through the winter? Yep. Yeah, even a five-gallon container, a 10-inch pot is going to be enough. But uh, the nice thing about the Hawaiian papaya is that it is self-fertile. You don't have to have two plants like you do with the Mexican papaya. So um, I would look forward to papayas next year. And the best way to do that would be to put them into, I'd put them in about five-gallon containers, and I would go ahead and dig them and replant them in those spots as soon as, as soon as he can. Okay, that'll be next week. Five-gallon I can manage. And I thought that, too. How large, in a five-gallon pot, how large would I expect it to get? About five feet. Okay. About five feet. And give it all the sun you can and fertilize regularly. Uh, they have to be about... Oh, 15 months old to start producing fruit. But uh, even though they didn't get real big, that maturing process is underway. So by late next summer, you should be eating papayas, which are one of the most wonderful things in the in the garden. So, uh, uh, yeah, have them, have them put them in those pots. Hopefully it won't be such a bad winter, but you'll be able to move them if it gets real cold. Yeah, because a five-gallon can be managed. How big do the leaves get? They're about maybe 10 by 10 now, that's all. Do they get bigger than that, or, or no. is that about it? Or? No, they'll, they'll get more numerous, but on the Hawaiian papaya, that's about as big as they're going to get. 
Okay, okay. Bob, as long as KTSA wants to pay you to let me ask questions for free, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Well, I, I think they like the ratings and the revenue, So, uh, and the operations manager sitting back in the studio listening to you smile right now. So, uh, uh, And I do have to say that your card touched our heart. I'll just leave it at that so I don't get choked up. But uh Anyway, you're one of our favorite people, Joyce, and thank you for all you do. And Maxwell says hello, too. If the cartoon caused it to end oh with my gosh. Time, <laughs> couldn't have been more off. Couldn't have been more perfect. I'm going to tell Dr. Kirby we need to blow that up and put it on the wall of the clinic. Thank you, Bob, very much. You're, you're welcome, Joyce. Thank you, and uh, have a wonderful Sunday. And I'm glad to hear your voice. Uh, Greg, let's get a commercial break in here, and we'll be back and take some more phone calls. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we have represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Visit CordellCordell.com to take the first step. Offices in San Antonio, Austin, and St. Louis. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's attorneys online at CordellCordell.com. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. When my daughter gets a cold, <coughs> I have a secret weapon. Dayquil Kids Berry from Vicks. Dayquil Kids is specially formulated to treat kids' most bothersome cold and cough symptoms quickly. And the best part is that Dayquil Kids Berry tastes really great. Aren't you supposed to be resting? Maybe. Dayquil Kids Berry. The kids' berrylicious daytime congestion, coughing, stuffy head, stuffy nose, just for kids. Medicine. Safe for kids six years plus. How can you describe the selection at Just Pots? It's like if there was this huge international convention for pots and they all just decided to stay. Because at Just Pots, you can choose from over 40,000 pots from around the world. Every shape, size, color, and style you can imagine, all at great prices. Just Pots, a whole lot of pots in one convenient spot. Open every day on Redland Road, a quarter mile south of 1604 or at JustPots.com. Two times the healthy blood pressure support? That's a number to rave about. Thanks to Superbeats Heart Chew's unique 2X ingredient that helps promote normal blood pressure nearly two times more effectively than diet and exercise alone. Superbeats is America's number one selling beet brand and the only number one cardiologist, doctor, and pharmacist recommended beet brand for heart health support. A clinical study showed that the key ingredient in Super Beats Heart Chews is nearly two times more effective at supporting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And they're part of a brand with over 60,000 five-star ratings and reviews. So double your potential with a special offer exclusively for radio listeners. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews and 15% off your first order at GetSuperBeats.com with code RADIO. That's a free 30-day supply and 15% off for radio listeners only at GetSuperBeets.com, code RADIO. 
South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster is on the air. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right. My next two callers going to be Daniel and David. And Daniel is up first. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning. Morning, sir. I have a severe problem with cut ants uh, attacking some trees of mine. I called the pest control guy to come out here, but he hasn't responded. I live kind of out in deep South Bear County. Now, what kind of trees? What kind of trees? Uh, I don't, I think they're just an oak tree, maybe. Or, okay, yeah, not, yeah. Cut ants, I'm, cut ants will go after oak trees. They love crepe myrtles. They have a few favorites. They also love elm trees, but uh, these are could, uh, trees with just single trunks, right? Right, single trunk. It could be an elm tree. Okay, okay. Uh, cut ants have suddenly gotten real active. And the best way to stop them, nobody has really found a good way. I mean, if you can find the mound, uh, some people treat with sulfur, some people treat with spinosad, some people have just flooded them out successfully. But to protect the trees themselves, um, which you need to do, because it's amazing how they can just defoliate a tree. But wrap the trunks, either with aluminum foil or with plastic wrap, doesn't make any difference which, and then there is a product that used to be called Tanglefoot. Now I think it's called Tree Protection, something or other. But it is a it is the stickiest thing you've ever seen. Uh, I actually had one caller told me he uses axle grease. And just you don't want to put it directly onto the bark of a tree. But if you wrap the trunk with uh, either foil or plastic wrap, and either this professional sticky or axle grease, Put a band of it, maybe three inches wide, just all the way around. Stick it on there, and the ants cannot go across it. Uh, if you make a little narrow band, they'll throw one of their buddies on top of the sticky stuff, and they'll just walk over his back and keep going up. But you will stop the damage to your trees 100% immediately because the ants can't go over or around it. And after that, if you can try to follow the trail, if you can kind of try to figure out where the mound is, then we can talk about things you might be able to do to eliminate the mound. But I tell you, they cause millions of dollars worth of damage to uh, managed forest in East Texas. And those guys have tried the most toxic chemicals in the world. Uh, and they keep trying all sorts of crazy stuff. And they have yet to find a 100% effective solution. Uh, a lot of people, like I say, some people have just flooded the mound out. And uh, it either made them go somewhere a long way away or actually killed them out. Uh, I've had success putting sulfur, just dusting sulfur heavily around because the cut ant doesn't actually eat the leaves. The cut ant eats a fungus that grows on the leaves. They stuff this underground chamber with those leaves you're seeing them take away, and then they eat a fungus that grows on the leaves. The sulfur kills the fungus, and the mound starves. And uh, I, I haven't treated a lot of mounds on my ranch. I leave them alone unless they're up close to where they're damaging you know, trees around my home or my yard. But uh, treating them with wettable sulfur has worked for me. But let's stop the damage first, and then we'll try to figure out how to eliminate the mound. I, I can see the trails that are leaving, and they're, they're yep. and their multiple entrances and exits, I guess, in the ground. So they got right. several different areas going in and out. So if I just took some sulfur, liquid sulfur, and just sprayed the ground around there, would that help out? It would help, but what you would like, they've got a, they've created a big underground chamber is what they've done where all the leaves are. 
and you really want to get the sulfur into that chamber. Um, and so what I have done is used what they call uh, 50W, 50% wettable sulfur, and just put it on top. And as the rainwater, you know, carried it down in, it doesn't really dissolve, but the wettable sulfur goes into the ground much better. And uh, that, has, that has worked well. Um, I've had callers, and I, I guess it just different, different soils, different ants, uh, different things work. I had one caller tell me that uh, he just he went around to all those in, entrances and uh, sprayed a heavy dose of spinosad. And uh, that got rid of his problem. That didn't work for me, but maybe I just didn't find all the openings. But um, uh, there are lots have, of different ways to go after them. Do you have that available at your store? The Spinosad? Absolutely. It's a non-toxic uh, uh, insecticide, and it works great on everything from spider mites to mealybugs to um, the larval state of some of the stink bugs. Uh, it's, it's a good broad-spectrum product, and it's probably the best ant killer I know of. It's what they use in most of the fire ant baits these days. Right. I'll come by your office tomorrow and talk to your, your staff there about it. We'll look forward to helping you any way we possibly can, Daniel. Thank you. Have a great evening. Bye. You do the same, sir. Thank you. Greg, let's don't get behind this hour. Let's run our last commercial break of the hour, and we'll be back and talk to David. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. Or you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to LifeLock.com. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. For you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to LifeLock.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we have represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Visit CordellCordell.com to take the first step. 
Offices in San Antonio, Austin, and St. Louis. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's attorneys online at CordellCordell.com. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. Or you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to LifeLock.com. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, let's get back to gardening. My next three callers are David and Brian and Dana. David's first in line. Good morning, David. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. uh, Got a desert rose, uh, Uh but foot tall, and then she's been talking to it, fertilizing it. You know, it was her baby. And it got up to a little over three feet tall. Well, last Mm -hmm. week, while I was helping her arrange a ton of her pots out there, I just barely brushed across the top of it and broke about four inches off the very top. <laughs> oh, wow. No harm. No harm. Well, anyway, a couple of days later, I, well, the piece I broke off, I planted it right next to that one. I don't know if it's growing or not, but mm-hmm. the top of it already had already healed back over. Uh-huh. Where does it? Where does it go from here now? Is it going to keep going tall or, or what? It's it's going to branch out. It's going to make, you know, two or three or four trunks rather than just one. Ultimately, it's going to be a prettier plant. Tell her you tell her you just did, did a little pruning on the plant. I did the same thing with the garden hose not too long ago. Um, if you want to try to root that top, you would be better to take it out of the pot uh, and get a get a separate pot, fill it with perlite, and root in perlite. Okay. And, uh, Desert Rose this time of year roots pretty easily. But um, you hardly even set the mother plant back. And long term, it's going to be a prettier plant, and it will have more flowers. How how much stem was left after the top snapped? How how tall is it? Uh, from, from the mother plant, it was yep. about uh, right at three feet tall. Okay, I almost wish you'd broken it off about a foot tall. <laughs> Don't tell her I said I, I, that. 
but I value uh, my life more than that. I, I believe me, I understand. But um, it will branch. It will probably maybe when she sees how successfully the broken part rooted and grew, uh, maybe she will let you prune it a little bit further back because uh, I, I would love to see it at some point prune back to about a foot tall so that it can branch out further down the plant. It's going to branch out just below the point that it was broken. Maybe this will encourage it to put on some lower branches, but uh, uh, it may look a little gangly, but it's going to have four times as many flowers. So just keep up the good care. The most important thing on Desert Rose is do not let it get cold. It does not like it below about 65 degrees, which means it's the first thing that has to come inside in the fall. Uh, but you haven't even hardly set it back. You just uh, you did some pruning that probably needed to happen. Okay. Well, we got back late last night from Colorado, so I couldn't look at it. And I left early early before daylight this morning to come up to the country, so I couldn't check on the progress. So I'll sure. call her and tell her, Bob, put the blessing on me. <laughs> so where were you in Colorado? We went to Ore again. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That was, that was a favorite growing up destination when I lived in Albuquerque. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm still the bigger fan of Wyoming because it's all the all the beauty without so many people. But uh, I'll be up in that neck of the woods myself before too long. So uh, I'm sure you enjoyed and uh, glad to have you back home. But, no, it's, this is no big deal with, uh, with the Desert Rose, and it probably yeah. needed to happen anyway. Well, we did something we didn't do the first time we were up there eight years ago. We took one of those Jeep tours up. Up, uh, way up in there to about 12,000 feet. Yep. So anyway, that was it. Well, thank you, Bob. Uh, I'm on the road trying to get the Utopia, and she's back in Pasadena, so it'll be a cooling well, off period if she sees anything bad. But I'll tell her <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I I do do tell her don't worry, and y'all stay safe out there on the highways, and uh, appreciate the call, David. Thank you so much. You bet. Have a good thank one, Bob. You Goodbye. too. Bye. Uh, next line's Brian. Good morning, Brian. Hey, good morning, Bob. Got a question for you. Through oh, it's, my parents called the other day. They were saying, and I guess you could say a, a complaint about uh, rye not the rye grass, but the Elbon rye that they planted last fall. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it did it did the trick on the majority of those um, that cottony root rot uh, nematodes that were causing tr- trouble. But they yeah. said, you need to call and ask Bob, how in the world does he plant with that stuff? Because it gets too thick. Um, yeah. And they were complaining about that. So I wanted to try to see how you, how do you go about that. I've never never had to do that, never had a problem with uh, with those nematodes that they had. So call and well, ask your opinion. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Elbon rye, is, or cereal rye, is, called, is what is called a trap crop. The root knot nematode burrows into the roots of the rye, just like it does tomatoes and beans and other things. But chemicals in the rye keep it from ever getting out again. It's sort of the Hotel California for uh, uh, beneficial nematodes. They can check in, but they never <laughs> they can check out, but they can never leave. So it doesn't hurt. It's always going to be thick. You want it to have a thick root system, and it's always going to die in the summer. So. Um, and you don't have to wait for it to die back. You can pull it out at any point. Tell them just to plant the seed a little bit more sparsely, and if it comes up thicker than they want, just simply pull it up. Uh, it It is an annual form of rye, but you, it just needs to stay in the ground long enough that the nematodes that are in a reproductive phase 
burrow into the roots of the rye, and then you simply, you know, pull it up and dispose of it, even in the compost pile. Uh, that's how it works. It's what we call a trap crop. But my feeling is they probably just planted that seed a little too thickly, and they just need to spread it out a little bit more. And if it comes up too thick, thin it out. It's not going to hurt. It's still going to work. It sounds great. So I guess if you're having still that much less uh, uh, problems this year, probably just a, a little bit lighter would be your, your recommendation for this year? Yes, that's exactly what I would do. It, it works, and it helps actually build the soil a little bit. Um, we find that if uh, you will use cedar granules, cedar flakes, you know, cedar chips, just chopped up cedar trees, use that as a mulch on the surface, and that will typically get rid of the root knot nematodes without having to go to the problem of overseeding with the Elbon rye. But uh, uh, Elbon rye has been around for a long time, and it's very successful when you understand how it works. Tell them just to not plant it quite so thickly this year. All right, got it. And then, uh, Bob, um, I'm in Montgomery County. I need a, a hedge for shading out neighbors. I know you like multiple um, bushes or um, trees or whatnot. I know that Lotus was one of your favorites. What would mm-hmm. be the other four that you could fix along um, in with that to make uh, it? Loquat would do very well for you. Uh, Xylosma is very definitely a good one. Uh, is this a sunny area? Uh, I got sun and, and partial uh, sun. Okay. Uh, you could certainly plant uh, Golden Goddess Bamboo, which is a clumping bamboo, not a running bamboo, and uh, it makes its dense enough to screen sound as well as sight. Um, the uh, standard Yopon Holly, the variety called Pride of Houston, one of the best deer-resistant, bug-resistant, drought-resistant plants. It just doesn't grow quite as quickly as the others, but uh, standard Yopon Holly would be another bet. And uh, uh, especially if you like, uh, if you do any cooking with bay leaves, if you do any Cajun cooking, uh, grow bay. Uh, bay's cold-hardy. Where you are in Montgomery County, it should always be cold-hardy, and it's going to make a dense hedge. And one plant at HEB prices will have about $10,000 worth of bay leaves on it. So uh, it'll be useful as well as being uh, beautiful evergreen shrubs. Any or all of those would be great uh, in my book, Ryan. Excellent. And last one, uh, using pine straw. Let me do this. Let me get Greg to put you on hold because I'm going to have to run out of here for news in a couple of seconds. We'll be right back after the news here on KTSA Radio, San Antonio, Texas. From ABC News, I'm Dave Packer on the picket lines for day three. I'm here for the fight. I'm here for the duration because I believe in this fight. United Auto Workers striking the big three car makers. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries telling ABC's this week he'll be standing with the workers in Detroit today. It's only fair that everyone share in those record profits in the prosperity that has been created. That's a fundamental American principle. That's why we were able to build in the aftermath of World World War II, great the great American middle class, right now. and we need to I, keep that going for everyone. GM has offered a 20% pay increase. The union's looking for 40. In Riverview, Florida, a 14-year-old boy in custody after he shot and killed his mother, shot her boyfriend five times, and attempted to shoot his older brother. Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Chronister says that the teen held a gun to his head several times. Deputies arrived and was taken into custody following a tense standoff. They come into contact with this young male, and 
immediately begin to de-escalate the situation. The mother's boyfriend was taken to the hospital listed in critical condition. An international aid effort to help Libya is ramping up after catastrophic flooding. ABC News Chief Foreign Correspondent Ian Panel is there. Desperate search and recovery efforts are underway in Libya. The UN calls what happened here a disaster of epic proportions. The coastal city of Derna cleaved in two by catastrophic flooding after two dams meant to protect the city collapsed. Officials say the record amount of rainfall overwhelmed the two dams that hadn't been maintained in years, despite warnings. The remnants of Hurricane Lee hit New England and Canada with destructive wind, torrential rainfall, and dangerous conditions along the coast. The deadly storm-strong winds leaving more than 40,000 without power in New England. And at least one death is blamed on the storm, with a tree falling on a car near Bangor, Maine, killing the 51-year-old driver inside. You're listening to ABC News. Embarrassed by ugly yellow toe fungus. Living with toe fungus is embarrassing. I was afraid to take my socks off. I hid my yellow and ugly toes from everybody. Introducing Crystal Flush. Crystal Flush is the only FDA-registered two-in-one home treatment that attacks your toe fungus from both the inside and out. Crystal Flush's new and different combination system knocks out toe fungus for good. Guaranteed. Crystal Flush is different. After just a few weeks, my fungus was gone. I mean, 100% disappeared. Crystal Flush was the only thing that ever worked. So if you're skeptical because you tried a bunch of other stuff, Crystal Flush is different. This is a game changer. Crystal Flush is now available without a prescription, but it is not available in stores. Get your risk-free supply today. Go to crystalflush.com. That's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L flush.com. Stop being embarrassed by ugly yellow toenails. Go to crystalflush.com or call 800-204-4484. All right, just had more phone calls. Let's talk for a minute about my friend, Dr. Mark Williamson. I know it doesn't have a lot to do with gardening, but let me tell you, every gardener out there, every person out there probably already knows how important good oral health is, and it doesn't just happen. You have to work at it, and you need a really good dentist. Well, Dr. Williamson is about the most broadly trained dentist I have ever known. You know, most many dentists these days, Uh, They're just concerned about how many patients they're going to see, and if it's anything very serious, they're just going to send you to a specialist. Well, Dr. Williamson takes care of all of those problems right there in his office. And if it's not a problem, just a simple cleaning, maybe you just need a filling, well, believe me, they take care of that too. You're going to love the atmosphere. It's one of the most welcoming, friendly places you will ever go. And like I say, you're not going to be shipped off to 10 different specialists around town. It's going to save you time and money to just deal with a great dentist right there to begin with. Dr. Williamson worked with Dr. Staffel for years, carries on a lot of the techniques that Dr. Staffel pioneered, like sedation dentistry. He's just there to be sure that your oral health is the best it can be, and that will add years to your life. If you want to find out what I'm talking about, maybe you're new to town looking for a great dentist, maybe your dentist is retired, well, give Dr. Williamson's office a call, 341-2569. 341-2569, area code 210, of course, conveniently located in northwest San Antonio, and he would love to see you. You will love his staff. That's Dr. Williamson and Associates. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster is on the air. Talk to Bob now, 210-599-5555. All right, back to gardening. It's going to be Brian and Dana and Mark and Don. We're going to talk a little more to Brian, and then we'll move right on. So, okay, Brian, let's get to that last question. 
All right, last question is uh, with pine straw. You know, being in Montgomery County, I got a lot of pine straw. I remember yesterday you were talking about uh, making a living mulch with uh, adding compost. Uh-huh. Any, uh, should I add more more uh, compost to pine straw, or is it too acid, no. acidic, or what would your recommendation be? No, there? it's it's virtually impossible to have soil that's too acidic. And, uh, you know, it's the, the acidity doesn't come from the pine, really. So just treat it like you would any other fibrous material that's going to break down. Pine straw will decompose a little bit more quickly than wood chips will. Uh, but I'd still say one bag of compost, eight or ten parts pine straw is going to be uh, going to make a great living mulch. The pine straw being long and fibrous will help hold it in place. You lucky man, most of us have to work a little bit harder to find the raw material <laughs> to mix with the compost. But uh, having having started my life in uh, East Texas over in Tyler, I have a great appreciation for pine trees and pine straw. Well, I appreciate you, Bob. Again, thanks for all you do for us. We'll uh, see you next time. We'll look forward to it, Brian. Thanks for the call this morning. All right, next in line is Dana. Good morning, Dana. Good morning. How are you? I'm off to a good start on a beautiful Sunday morning. I have to say this is this is the first time I've walked out the back door, and it really felt almost like fall. So uh, it's, it's going to be hot this afternoon, but it was a great start to the day and a good portent of things to come, so to speak. How are you doing today? Excellent. Doing well. I'm in uh, northern Arkansas, and we've got beautiful weather up here today. Oh, I'll bet you do. (laughs) Um, Bob, I am needing to um, get rid of an area of Bermuda grass in order to put in an elevated paver patio. Mm -hmm. The project uh, won't start until after the Bermuda is dormant. It's probably going to be December before they start working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know I'm too late to solarize it, and the landscaper is wanting to <laughs> kill it with um, a grass killer, Roundup, mm-hmm. which we, we don't want to try doing that either. Well, um, and it won't kill it. <laughs> It'll burn the yeah. top off of it, but it won't kill it. How? Right. Um, so is this an area you're going to build up and put a yeah. hard surface on, or is it an area you're going to build a frame and put a wooden or a trex deck or something like that on top of that? Um, it's actually, um, it is going to be with the, the concrete pavers. It will have mm-hmm. to be elevated. We're kind of on a hillside. Uh-huh. So it's at one point almost two feet deep, and then it tapers out, you know, to nothing into the grade level of the yard. Okay. Um, he said the alternative would be to put down 6 ml plastic. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that would work either. I just wondered what you would suggest. Okay, so this is not an area you plan to plant. This is an area that you're going to put pavers on and just use it for yeah. your patio out there. So um, I actually think that the plastic is a, a good idea, and that's what I was going to suggest. I would punch a few holes in it uh, just so that water can move through And on that edge where you're going to be adding very little soil or fill, whatever, on top of it, dig that down a little bit. Because I want that plastic buried deep enough that whatever you put on top of it doesn't slide around. If you can go along the low edge and excavate out maybe three or four inches and um, then, you know, put your, and and six mil would be good. That's just construction grade that you'll find at most any uh, home supply store. Uh, do your filling, trim around the edge, 
and uh, you'll be in great shape. Uh, by the time the plastic rots away, it will have effectively killed the Bermuda grass. But like I said, I, I want to see at least four inches of material on top of the whole area. And um, are you going to use flagstone? Are you going to use pavers? Are you going to use small pavers or large pavers? What are you going to control? Um, we're your deck we're doing the, uh, the large um, concrete type pavers, yeah. Okay. Um, just, you know, compact, compact, compact. Don't fill with garden soil. Uh, in this case, we want something that's fairly stable. Uh, and I would just use, uh, you know, road base is what I would build it up with. Uh, it will need to be contracted, uh, compacted rather. Um, you've probably watched road crews before. Obviously, you can't bring in a steamroller, but uh, they have a it's a pneumatic uh, packer that you know you hang onto a handle and it's got the little base that bounces up and down. And if you want to watch them and supervise them, which I'd highly recommend, the way you yeah. build up and create a stable surface is you put down maybe six inches of base moisten it and pack it, put another six inches, moisten it and pack it. You don't fill the whole thing with basin and then go back and try to pack it because you're not going to get the lower part packed and you will end up with your pavers shifting over time. So this is done, if you're building up two feet, this is going to be done in four separate jobs. Uh, they're going to put down the four inches, they're going to pack that, or six inches, they're going to pack that, they're going to put six inches on top, they're going to pack again, and then when they get all the way up to the top, they're probably going to put a thin layer uh, of sand so that you can put your pavers in and level them uh, pretty completely. But uh, an awful lot of uh, contractors out there would try to do the cheap way, and they're going to tell you it's not necessary. They just want to fill that area up with base and then pack it. Uh -uh. Yeah. Make them do it the way a road crew would do it. Make them do it in levels, and uh, that way it'll be there for the next 50 years. Oh, okay. That's that's good. We. We would never have thought of any of that, so thank you for that. <laughs> well, we, we built a couple of parking lots here at the nursery and used concrete pavers on top of those. Oh. And uh, I may not be too smart, but I'm a good learner. I, I, I hang <laughs> out with the best of the best and uh, learn from them, whether it's uh, plumbers, carpenters, or concrete guys. And one thing I learned is to let them do the work. But uh, it's, uh, oh, I can tell you some funny stories about a very young man uh, son of a friend of mine up in uh, up in Wyoming, and he he watched the guys doing the street out there. And one of the foremen had told them, you know, exactly how it had to be done. And then the foreman left. The crew did it the cheap way. And this uh, five-year-old boy went and found the foreman and said, "Mr. Such and Such, they didn't do it the way you told them to." <laughs> and he made him dig it all up and do it over. So yeah, it's uh, this will be a good learning lesson, and uh, your contractor may grumble, but he, in his heart, will know that that he needs to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. And then also, um, if in the areas where we need to maybe like on the outside edge, dig down and try to get under the Bermuda. How deep Don't worry about that. Yeah, you're not to trying to get under the Bermuda. You're just trying to have a, a thick enough layer above it. Uh, Bermuda does not want to grow into packed base. Um, just the very substance of it is going to keep the Bermuda growing out into the yard and going other directions. Uh, uh, that's another reason that you don't fill it with good soil. Uh, this stuff is going to be practically as hard as concrete, and the Bermuda is not going to grow through it, even in a moist climate like you have in Arkansas. If you have any of it, start encroaching around the edge. Just use your vinegar and orange oil spray, and uh, uh, you're going to control it just fine. 
Okay, great. All right, well, thank you so much. That's exactly what we need to know. Well, Dana, I appreciate the call, and uh, that's the way I would do it, and I think you'll be very successful with it. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, I believe Mark is next in line. Good morning, Mark. Hi, Bob. Good morning. How are things up in your part of the world? Uh, looking a lot better this week. <laughs> <laughs> and probably lots of hummingbirds moving through now. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, still quite a few. Yeah, well, um, we finally got rain. <laughs> oh, lucky you. <laughs> a little bit. We, we, went, we went 13 weeks with two-tenths of rain. I, yeah, and we yeah. did about the same and still haven't gotten that. So uh, glad you got some. Hope it's coming the rest of the way down in the hill country soon. What's going on this morning? <clears throat> well, so um, one comment, um, the, the, you know, we had the one inch of ice three years ago. Mm-hmm. The the trees still have vascular damage from that. They're, they yeah. still haven't recovered from that fully. And for that reason, you know, we pretty much have had trees dying pretty regularly for the last two and a half years. Right. And, I, and, and I've been watering pretty much nonstop, just dribbling water to our big trees in our yard. So it's it's <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so there's a whole lot of saplings and things that died already this year. My well, one question is. There's a lot of medium to big post oaks and live oaks that have turned partially or all the way brown now. Mm-hmm. Do you think those will recover? We, well, we got one inch of rain now, but do you think those are likely to recover? It tends depends on what the weather does going forward. If we go back into another three months with no rain, uh, it's going to suffer, especially the post oaks. Uh, if we do indeed move into a rainier fall, most everything is going to recover, and you know this time next year you'll probably never know what happened. But um, right, okay. they're just we're everybody that got rain is smiling and uh, hoping that it will happen again. But um, uh, right. we'll just have to wait and see. But if nature continues to rain, and obviously it's going to cool off, yes. Uh, yes. I don't know whether how soon that's going to happen. But most of these trees that are just flaring a little bit, that's to be expected, and I don't think that's. Uh, that's a sign of any real bad things, but what we've got to do is just hope the weather cooperates moving on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I figure we need at least what three inches of rain to really soak it to to to, to be sure they survive. Oh well, that yeah. and repeated every three to four weeks would be a real good thing. And uh, yeah. uh, who knows? It could happen. Uh, and it especially, you know, part of the reason that we had the freeze damage. Uh, that we did in the super cold weather was it was dry beforehand going into this winter let's hope that we get the the regular fall rains because if you believe the farmer's almanac we're in for a a cold winter again i i just don't know what to think i i i it would be very unusual to have three out of four winters be exceptionally cold but you don't ever make forecasts in texas if you've got half a brain so we'll see but let's hope that we do have some regular rainfall so that if we do get some severe weather, um, that the trees will come through a whole lot better. Had we been wetter uh, right, that right. 2021 winter, I mean, uh, the oak trees around this area have been through 10 below zero if they're more than, uh, what, about 70 years old. So um, it just, uh, our biggest problem was it was cold on top of drought. So right, let's, right, let's take care right. of the drought and then we'll worry about the cold later. The, just FYI, FYI the, the trees that survived the best through the ice were the cedar elms. Uh-huh. They had very little damage. Right. We had about six or eight Monterey oaks we planted, 
and half of those died. Yep. I think the ones that survived were the ones that were in an area where there was deeper soil, i.e., more moisture. Yeah. But do, do you have oak. a do you have a scarpment cherry on your property up there? Yes. That's that's a tree that came through on my ranch with very little uh, damage. How did yours do? Um, they did okay. They lost a few limbs, but that was it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Now, the, the older one, actually, we've had several really old ones, and they've died, but I think that was mostly old age, I think. Probably. They're yeah. really big ones. Yeah. So, any, anyway, so 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 we're no longer planting Monterey Oak. If, if we plant anything, it's going to be cedar elm, I guess. Anyway. Well, cedar elms and, uh, and bur oaks seem to have come through, you know, pretty well, and they are oak wilt resistant, but the... The secret right. is just diversity in the canopy. Don't don't right. plant too many of any one thing, and uh, right. um, because you know you go up to Dallas where it gets colder, you go up to Oklahoma, they still have a lot of the same trees that we have, and they get colder every winter. But typically, they have a little bit more moisture to go along with it. Right, right. The second thing is is kind of a complicated thing, but um, uh, we're way on the boonies in the in the last two years. A couple of classless East Coast developers came in and mm-hmm. put in subdivisions. The yep. the roads were not made for traffic. They're narrow, mm-hmm. and there's there's probably 150 days out last two years, or 150 or 200, they were completely ruined because we're right by the road, and there's been endless semis going by here. Anyway, oh, yeah. they they straightened up the edges of the roads, mm-hmm. and then and then before they, <laughs> it was an internet sale. The first one they had. 900 appointments on a Saturday. The second one, they had 500 appointments on a Saturday. Well, anyway, so, and then they had the nerve to ask the county to fix the roads before they sell their lots. <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> no the comment. <laughs> the county was nice but said, no, we can't do that. Yep. Uh, and they wanted them, to, wanted them to take out the cattle guards. Anyway, so, so the county has to repave this stuff. They fix the shoulders first. In mm-hmm. Gillespie County, there's nobody that will do any physical labor at all, and okay. the county workers, the county workers, they they will not, they don't get out of their truck or their tractor. Mm-hmm. They don't own a shovel. There's yep. no physical work. So right. so they do this really crude job of paving, and we ended up with a whole lot of like it's chip seal, a whole lot of this oil stuff, yep. on the grass on the side of the road that's going to just deteriorate and go into the ground. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it. I mean, they just paved right over the grass. So my question is, I mean, I've scooped up a whole lot of it already with a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to do. I mean, it's a lot of it. The only thing I could think is just put Medina soil activator wherever I can over the years as it deteriorates. And that that's probably the best thing you could do, or molasses, just straight molasses with a little okay. soil activator in it uh, would be good. Um Again, it, that's not a whole lot worse than what a whole lot of the native soil is. And fortunately, the stuff they use in chip seal isn't soluble to where it's going to go through and damage things that are any distance away. The compaction is going to be the, you know, what what will be the worst aspect of you know having a road built. But hopefully, yeah. you're far yeah. enough back in. But I I wouldn't lose any sleep, and I wouldn't put. Uh, you know, a whole lot of effort into doing anything because if they did that cruddy a job of preparing, uh, those road edges are going to crumble and they're going to have to do that all over again in another two or three years. So don't try to make it perfect because yeah. they're just going to come yeah. mess it up again. It's it, well, it's the it's the oil and asphalt stuff that that I mean, it's going to degrade. 
especially yeah. where it's on the where it's on the grass, it's not going to stay there very long. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, and and the, part of that road drains 30 feet from our well. There's a ditch. There's a lot of area that drains through a ditch right by our well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm gonna, it, I'll just do what I can. It's why the one thing we say about Texas ranchers is they don't want all the land in the world, just the land next to theirs. So yeah, that you have exactly. some control over that, but uh, yeah, right, y'all are right. y'all are unfortunately in a popular area, but uh, uh, it's um, again, it's a it's a nuisance. It's something that I personally don't think uh, uh, you know. Vote for somebody different for county commissioner and let them know you're going to when they allow that kind of stuff to happen. But beyond yeah. that, we're just yeah. kind of at the at the mercy of uh, the politicians out there. Mark's good right. to hear from you and. Okay. Uh, Look forward to our next visit, sir. You get out and have a good sure. day. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, Greg, why don't we go ahead and get another break in, and we'll be right back with more phone calls. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. And it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. For you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to LifeLock.com. Get ready to soar with Southwest Airlines' new nonstop flight from San Antonio International Airport to Kansas City, Missouri. Book your tickets today and enjoy a nonstop journey to the city of fountains. Southwest Airlines and SAT, taking you there nonstop. Visit Southwest.com for more details. Injured in a car accident, hit by a company vehicle? Always remember, Gamas Law fights. For over 40 years, Joe Gamas has recovered millions of dollars for his clients, trust and integrity since 1973. Call for a free consultation, 210-736-4040. Gamas lawfights.com. Did you know China starts teaching financial literacy in preschool? American kids are getting left behind, but we can help at home thanks to the Sensibles, a team of animated superheroes who help kids develop smart money habits in a fun way. Each month, they get a kit in the mail with a DVD, a comic book, access to an interactive website, fun activities, and lots more. Visit bcs-kids.com today and enter promo code CENT for 20% off. Digital subscriptions also available. The Sensibles. It's the Sensibles thing to do. Did you know China starts teaching financial literacy in preschool? American kids are getting left behind, but we can help at home thanks to The Sensibles, a team of animated superheroes who help kids develop smart money habits in a fun way. Each month, they get a kit in the mail with a DVD, a comic book, access to an interactive website, fun activities, and lots more. Visit bcs-kids.com today and enter promo code CENT for 20% off. Digital subscriptions also available. The Sensibles. It's the sensible thing to do. Now, local businesses can get closer to every customer in their city with fast, affordable shipping. Introducing USPS Connect Local. 
You want speed? We deliver same or next day. You want savings? We give you supplies at a flat rate. You want less legwork? We do free pickups. Move your local business forward with the United States Postal Service. Let's connect at uspsconnect.com slash local. Specific markets, restrictions apply. Same day or next day delivery expected, but not guaranteed with entry close to final destination. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster is on the air. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, back to gardening and back to the phone lines. It's going to be Don and David and Dennis. Three D's up there. Don's first in line. Good morning, Don. Morning, Bob. How are you? Off to a good start. It's a beautiful day out there. Yeah, it is. Hey, I talked to you yesterday about my oak tree getting hit by lightning. Right, right. And, and so I put the tree goop on it, but I need a follow-up question on this. Sure. How long or what am I looking for uh, going forward now with that tree goop on them? I don't have to reapply it. Uh, I, I would. When it rains, obviously I would, but what am I looking for? from the standpoint of the, of the tree being healthy or? Well, it's it's a matter as far as the health of the tree uh, of wait and see. Uh, as right. I, I don't know if you uh, listened to, uh, to talk to Howard Garrett about that exact I, topic. I missed it. Yeah, I missed yeah. It the first end of that conversation and picked up the rest, so that's why I'm calling back. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, to the question of the tree goop. I would try to keep it on there for, you know, a couple of months. Uh, by that sure. time, all the wounds will have sealed over. Uh, the tree will have started making, uh, you know, it, it literally overgrows the damaged area. And it may start from back a little further back under the bark. It may not be right at the edge because you may still have some bark that still flakes off uh, because it sounds like, this was just a really powerful bolt that hit your tree, uh, enough to vaporize some of the sap, but certainly, thank goodness, not enough to just totally pulverize the wood because I've seen trees literally turn to toothpicks. But right, it will. We won't really know for sure how bad the damage was till the tree starts to come out next spring, and. Um, there may be areas that uh, the vascular system of the tree was more badly damaged. Uh, going forward, you may have a limb, even a moderately major limb, here and there just fold up and die. The one, if there is any good thing to come out of this, that being in a drought like this, it's been my observation um, that there is a lot less moisture in the sap. I think that's one reason that we... We get more limbs breaking at this time of the year, and uh, you may have heard me say I had a probably a six-inch diameter tree that was leaning. It just snapped off about two feet up above the ground. But the fact that there was less material to collect to conduct electricity in the sap probably means that the tree wasn't damaged as badly as if there had been a lot of moisture. So uh, there's a good potential. I've got pecan trees out in one of my fields that. I can see the results of it, you know, four or five or more lightning strikes over the years where it's just burned the bark down, and you can certainly, if you know what you're looking for, you can see where the callus tissue overgrew it. So right. I'm going to be optimistic, but I don't know a darn thing additionally you can do other than, you know, just giving it time. The tree goop is protected. Uh, the layer of tissue that forms the new vascular tissue forms what we call xylem to the inside, which is water conductive, 
forms phloem to the outside, which carries nutrients from the uh, from the top down. Getting the tree goop on will minimize the damage uh, from desiccation that you would have to the xylem. So, uh, fortunately, you're you're doing this very quickly after it happened, and uh, I guess we could call it triage. But in, in my opinion, at this point, you've done absolutely everything you can do. Uh, if we're blessed with some good hard rains, man, I'd I'd spend a lot of time making more tree group if I got a good rain out of the deal. So um, I, I really, I, I would seriously think, let's be sure this tree is healthy, but if you have any other majestic trees like that, look at putting lightning rods into them, uh, up right. in them. It's just not that expensive, and uh, like I say, I I got real interested in lightning protection when lightning hit the house catty corner across the street from me when I lived in San Antonio, and I Saw the fire, it started. I uh, have a good friend that actually owned a big material yard here. Had a lightning strike hit the roof of his home, and it vaporized a pipe inside the attic carrying propane that was supposed to be lightning-proof, and his home burned to the ground in a matter of minutes. So uh, there's a lot to be said for lightning protection, and uh, certainly don't want to... And, and lightning does strike the same place more than once, contrary to the old saying, but... Uh, You've done the right thing with that tree, and uh, now we just have to wait and keep our fingers crossed. So, you, so you're thinking if I have to kind of reapply, maybe till end of the end of the year, a little after the first year, kind of. I would say it. I would say until Thanksgiving. Actually, I think okay. if you keep it good till Thanksgiving, uh, you get the holidays off. Well, that just means I got to be that monkey again because I'm up in that tree yesterday. Well, I again, uh, uh, the tree's worth it as long as you're oh. agile and careful. But well, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Was, at least it was close enough where I'd get a ladder in and out and climb around. But it, uh, you know, I was able to get all the way up except to the very tip top, which is about four or five feet on on one sure. good sized branch. But most of it. I got it put on there, and I was, after I was doing it, I was thinking, you know, I need to. I never did ask how long I need to continue to do this, or what kind of well, signs I'm looking for, and, and it if, was starting to cloud up, and I'm thinking, oh great, it's going to rain again, and I spent all day. <laughs> if if it there. does happen that it rains again, uh, uh, if you can do the lower sixty percent, if you can, if you can do from the ground sixty percent of the way up, I think you're probably doing everything you need to. Okay, well, I appreciate your help, and you have a great weekend. Take care. Well, you do the same, and uh, there's a company, and I um, I know they do residences. Uh, they're somewhere in central Texas, uh, but it's called the company is called Bonded Lightning Protection Systems, uh-huh. and uh, they did my home, they did my barn, they've done things for a number of friends. So far as I know, they're still going strong, although I haven't needed them for a few years now. But if you're looking for a company um, to do, especially buildings, and they, they may do trees as well, but uh, Bonded Lightning Protection, uh, I guess I talked to them when we, when we built our groundwater district office in Bernie, which has been about four or five years, and uh, I'll recommend them highly. They're just really good people, very reasonably priced, and very good at what they do. So uh, um, anyway, we'll, we'll just hope the next lightning stays up in the clouds rather than that cloud-to-ground stuff. Okay, thanks again. Have a nice day. You do the same, sir. Thank you. Um, Greg, I guess we probably need to get another break in here. We'll be right back and talk to David and Dennis. 
Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. For you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS. Go to LifeLock.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we have represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Visit CordellCordell.com to take the first step. Offices in San Antonio, Austin, and St. Louis. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's attorneys online at CordellCordell.com. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. Exergen is the smart choice when selecting a thermometer. As children return to school, keeping them healthy is important. Got a fever? Stay home. To detect fever accurately at home, you need a fast, non-invasive, and clinically accurate thermometer. Exergen provides all of that and is backed by over 100 clinical studies. Accuracy matters. Be smart and safe. Measure temperature accurately with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, back to gardening. It's going to be David and Dennis and Nick. David is first in line. Good morning, David. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you this morning? <laughs> you don't believe I'm sitting down right now. <laughs> well, I'm sitting down, but in this case, it's because I have to, not because I want to. <laughs> How can I help today? I have to. I feel like, man, ooh. listen, I uh, I was watching YouTube the other day, and there was a guy uh had a bunch of uh, lemon trees mm-hmm. in a five-gallon bucket full of lemons. And he claims that he was putting uh, ashes from the barbecue pit in the ground, in the soil, mixing it with the soil. I never heard about that. Well, ashes are very high in potassium. 
and there are parts of this there are parts of the country that are their soils are deficient in potassium but not san antonio and not the hill country we've got plenty of potassium in our soils and if you add ashes and i use ashes i you know my for a long time the only heat i had in my home was wood stoves and i generated a lot of ashes but i use them very sparingly i literally i'll stand at one end of my garden on a windy day and throw it up in the air and just you know let the let the wind carry a thin layer of ashes and uh, uh, as long as it's I wouldn't necessarily recommend charcoal briquettes I would recommend because they put some additives in there but just good old you know ashes from burning just native trees and things like that a small yeah. amount of ashes will not hurt anything but if you uh, if you put you know, very many ashes. Our soil is alkaline to begin with, and um, the ashes are very, very alkaline. You will quickly make your soil so alkaline that nothing will grow well. So thin layer of ashes, fine, but it's not going to be a miracle, and uh, you don't want to put a heavy layer of them on. That's for sure, David. Uh, okay. No, I'm not going to use it. No. I, uh, <clears throat> I talked to you about my nutsage on my roses. Right. And I think finally got it controlled pretty well. Oh, good. What did you do? But, but well, I just pulled it out and put some uh, uh, molasses on it. Molasses yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. And you got yeah. some exercise out of the deal. <laughs> some of it will come back, but you stay ahead of it, and, and it won't be a problem for you. I didn't. Uh, I, uh, what I did to my yard, my front yard, I sold it right to the damn things. I got tired mm-hmm. of, of the nutsets. And yeah. they tried everything except the night. The night says she's coming out pretty good. That's good. Everything is well. Good. So I put some um, um, oil on it with uh, with uh, vinegar. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. The yeah, it? orange oil and vinegar. You can use that to kill what you don't like. But uh, um, if we can just with weather cool off a little bit, get a little bit of moisture, your grass will recover very well uh people who kept their yards alive even if they didn't look very good uh if we get some rain it'll be a beautiful fall for us no i'm not going to go with grass anymore i'm just going to plant a, i'm going to make a, a garden plant a bunch of gar, uh, plants around it and all that well i that sounds like a better plan to me anyway whether it's flowers or fruit it's uh most people have too much grass to begin with and it's too much trouble to maintain so um, you're you're a wise man. Uh, any particular problems I can help you with today? That's about it, Bob. Enjoy your we, program. Yeah, yeah I appreciate cool. that. You get out and enjoy your Sunday, and uh, we'll move along and talk to Dennis next. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. Dennis the Menace here. How are you doing? <laughs> you don't sound very menacing to me, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, my wife would disagree, my wife would disagree with you. Uh, uh, my question yeah. is, uh, how, how do you feel about uh, watering the uh, trunk of a tree and just letting it run down, throw the hose over a branch and just let it run down the trunk for an hour or so? Well, once a tree has formed, you know, its woody bark, uh, that is dead tissue. That Those are cells that have died, and they're merely being pushed constantly outward. Eventually, they flake off. But they do not absorb or hold or transmit to the tree any moisture whatsoever. So on a mature tree, uh, it's, in my opinion, a waste of time. Uh, a okay. young tree that still has smooth bark, absorbs a lot of moisture directly through the bark, and it would benefit from having moisture on the bark.
But uh, a mature tree with rough bark, no, you're not gaining anything, and you're getting your water up high where more of it can evaporate. So, uh, well, I'm, and, I'm just, I'm just uh, uh, more or less concerned with letting it run down the uh, the trunk around the base of the tree where it would get down into around to, to the roots. Well, the majority of the roots that absorb moisture are going to be five to ten feet out from the trunk. So, um, oh, okay. yeah, it's uh, you're you're doing you're not doing badly. Um, the water will get out to those, but if you had a way to focus that water, say in the five to fifteen foot, uh, you know, draw draw a circle around five feet out, another circle around twelve or fifteen feet out. That's where most of your moisture-absorbing roots are. Now, your nutrient-absorbing roots on out to the drip line and, you know, much further away from the trunk. But uh, most of the water is not taken up right against the trunk, but neither is it taken up out around the drip line. That that, that kind of band somewhere between 5 and 15 feet out is uh, where you want to be concentrating your water on a mature tree. Okay, wait. okay we live here in San Antonio. What is your opinion on planting a uh, big-tooth maple? I really like the sh- uh, the shape of them, uh, especially at the, at, up at the uh, Crosshair and Kerrville. They uh, yep. they planted quite a few of them. How so deep is be... the soil? How how deep do you? What part of town do you live in? Between West Avenue and Vance Jackson. Okay, you're sitting in decent soil. You're not like Stone Oak, just sitting on a layer of rock. You'll do fine with the big tooth maple there. Now, when we get okay. a summer as hot as this, you're going to get some foliage burn. But uh, big tooth maple should grow very well for you. You're fortunate that you've probably got 12, 18 inches of good soil, and that'll make a maple very happy. Well, speak of uh, uh, foliage burn, uh, we, uh, I have a, 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 a bur oak that I planted back in uh, uh, 96, and it's huge. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's got a, lot of, got a lot of bare small um uh, uh, branches is not uh, bearing any leaves, and it, it does, uh, what I understand, that they, they uh, prune themselves to a certain extent. Well, what, what happens, um, the moisture is taken up through the roots of a tree and then released out through the leaves in a process we call transpiration, and it's a matter of balance. Uh, when we get into a dry period where the leaves are losing water faster than the roots can take it up, then the plant naturally, in its own way of thinking, which is not like ours, but uh, the tree says, hey, I've got too many leaves and not enough roots, so let's drop some leaves. And it's perfectly normal for trees to thin out when we're in a severe drought the way we are now. Now, bur oak is one of our best trees, one of our hardiest Uh trees, one of our most... glad to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, one of our most drought-tolerant trees. So um, you've you've got a good tree, and up to this point, uh, I doubt that the drought is causing it any real severe problems. Uh, we're also lucky that San Antonio has had more rain than the hill country has. Yeah. But uh, there's one more thing, real up. yeah. One more thing, real quick. Uh, I noticed that the acorns is not as big as previous years. Mm-hmm. The acorns are a little smaller. I totally expected when we have a very dry year and when we have uh, okay. super hot temperatures. Plants have something. Uh, called a compensation point. That's how much energy the plant needs to, just to stay alive. Uh, of any or any energy it has above and beyond that point, it can make acorns, it can make pecans, it can make new leaves, whatever it does. The kind of heat we've had this year, the compensation point has been so high that plants have very little left over to put into making seed or making fruit or making much summertime growth. Hopefully, 
the weather's going to change, the compensation point will drop, and the plants will resume what we might call normal growth. But uh, uh, it's just the nature of the summer. I'm, you know, pecans are making lots of nuts. I doubt they're going to fill out. But uh, leaves are burning on plants even where they don't get any sun just because that heat was so intense this summer. And that's why, well, just look at it this way. It's not going to hurt nearly as much if one of those acorns falls on your head as it would in a wet year <laughs> when that acorn was the size of a golf ball. So, uh, right. and, and believe it or not, the, the nuts will probably still be very viable. We'll still have, you can still grow some good seedlings from it. But uh, you're not telling me anything that causes me any concern for your trees in the future. Well, we ain't going to have too many pecans because the squirrels are really getting them. Well, thanks a lot, right. Bob. I appreciate it, and you have a nice uh, Sunday. You do the same, sir. I sincerely yeah, appreciate great. the Thank call. You. Thank you. Bye. Well, Greg, let's get our last break of the show done, and we'll have time for at least a couple more phone calls. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we have represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Visit CordellCordell.com to take the first step. Offices in San Antonio, Austin, and St. Louis. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's attorneys online at CordellCordell.com. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. Get ready to soar with Southwest Airlines' new nonstop flight from San Antonio International Airport to Kansas City, Missouri. Book your tickets today and enjoy a nonstop journey to the City of Fountains, Southwest Airlines, and SAT, taking you there nonstop. Visit southwest.com for more details. Injured in a car accident, hit by a company vehicle? Always remember, Gomez Law fights. For over 40 years, Joe Gomez has recovered millions of dollars for his clients, trust, and integrity since 1973. Call for a free consultation, 210-736-4040. GomezLawFights.com. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. 800-826-9895. A lot of schools talk about training the cybersecurity workforce of the future, but do they really deliver? My Computer Career has been supplying the IT workforce with thousands of skilled certified pros for 15 years. Train with the experts in support, networking, or cybersecurity and start your career in months, not years. Upskill even faster. On campus or live online, qualified students may get financial aid, including the GI Bill. My Computer Career, accredited, acclaimed, effective. Take the free career evaluation at mycomputercareer.edu. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. There are a lot of great dads out there. Sometimes those dads get divorced. For more than 30 years, we have represented men in divorce, confronting the pitfalls that could devastate your finances or harm your family relationships. While every situation is different, our goal is to get the best outcome for you and your kids. Visit CordellCordell.com to take the first step. 
Offices in San Antonio, Austin, and St. Louis. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell and Cordell's attorneys online at CordellCordell.com. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. South Texas Gardening with Bob Webster is on the air. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, back to gardening. Next three callers are Nick, Suzanne, and Robert. Nick is up first. Good morning, Nick. Morning. How are you doing? Off to a good start. It's a beautiful morning out there. Oh, yeah. Hey, so the reason I'm calling is uh, I have a spot in my yard fairly, fairly back from my house, and I was going to buy a tree to put there, but I've discovered outside on my green belt, I have a small sapling mulberry tree. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's probably about eight feet tall, and I have two questions for you. Do, the first question is, do they transplant well, or am I going to am I going to damage that, or is it very sensitive? Where do you where approximately do you live? I'm in uh, shirts. Okay. Uh, you would have a better chance. Here's the reason I ask. Uh, if you were in very rocky soil, the plant has to spread its roots out over a much larger area. Um, if you are in good soil like you have, the tree's going to have a lot of roots very close to the trunk. So uh, the same size root ball, if you were in poor soil, you'd get maybe 20% of the roots. Dig the same size ball where you are, you're probably going to get 65% of the roots. So you have a much better chance of transplanting that tree. Smaller would be better, but if you wait until cold weather or cool weather, you can probably transplant it successfully. Now, the question is, do you really want to? They're kind of a trash tree. They're a messy tree, and they tend to get a fungus disease on the foliage in the late summer that is, you know, makes the leaves yellow and drop prematurely. But if you want to have something that produces lots of berries for the birds and, you know, kids eat them as well, um, a mulberry is a tree that certainly will grow very well for you. But uh, this this tree has a trunk that's probably about as big as your thumb. Okay, right. I, I say, is that about the size the trunk is, about as big around as your thumb? Oh, no, it's a little, I'm sorry, it's a little bigger, about twice the size okay. of my thumb. Okay, you're going to need to move out from the trunk in all directions you need to get a get out probably 14, 16 inches away from the trunk. That root ball that you create, you're going to dig down, dig around it. Um, it's probably going to weigh a couple hundred pounds. So you probably want to get a, somebody to help you with it. Uh, it's, if you dig, a, you know, if, it's going to be a two-man job instead of a one-man job. Moving it, don't ever try to pick it up by the trunk. The way you will move it is that uh, you will... Put it on a tarp or an old bed sheet or something like that and literally slide it to the new hole that you dug for it. Uh, don't bury it any deeper. Water it in good with some Medina Plus or something like that. And uh, uh, do it all in one day. Don't, don't dig it one day and plant it the next. Have the new hole ready. Dig it, move it, plant it. 
Uh, October, November are probably the two best months of the year. If it stays hot, make it November instead of October. And I'm going to give you a, a real good chance, probably at least an 80% chance of having it do well where you live. Okay. And then the other question with that, so looking down at the bottom of the tree, because their saplings are so young, I can't tell if it has two trunks, like it's a, it's split, or if it's just one tree and split off that way. Do they generally grow where they split apart? When they first it's, come out of the ground. Uh, that, that's too much of a generalization. <laughs> my my most honest answer will be sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But if it's got a double trunk, cut one of the trunks off because that will always be a weak spot. That is always the place that that trunk would split and fall in a storm. Um, we had a pecan tree here on the back part of our property where our nursery is that was doing the same thing. Uh, trunks were a little bigger than that. Uh, we took one of those trunks off several, quite a few years ago. Today, the remaining trunk is an enormous, majestic tree, and you can't even tell where we took the other one off. So if it's making a double trunk, go ahead and remove uh, the weaker of the two trunks while it's still a very young tree. Okay, perfect. And then my last question was, um, I've seen different things about the mulberries. I've noticed that they, flow, they grow in Florida and further down south where mm-hmm. it's a lot more humid and not as dry. And they'll produce fruit very fast. How how fast do they produce here generally? Do you know? Well, the um, um, it's not a matter of climate. It's a matter of maturity. Uh, just like if I've got a bull calf, he's got to mature before he can do his job as a bull, regardless of whether he weighs 500 pounds or not. So it right. depends on the tree. The tree needs to be, to start forming fruit, it probably needs to be about five years old. So... Um, uh, now, grafted trees, if, if you were getting a grafted mulberry, they've taken a very small part of a mature tree, grafted it onto a different rootstock. Uh, even though it's just a tiny little bud or a tiny little branch, that was already mature, so it could produce the fruit the first year. This is almost certainly a tree that grew from seed, so it's just a matter of enough time to mature. And I would say on mulberries, it's usually about five years before they're mature enough to produce fruit. Okay. Okay, perfect. All right, um, I think that's all I had. I appreciate it. Uh, You're certainly welcome. I appreciate the call this morning. You have a good day, and Suzanne is next. Good morning, Suzanne. Good morning. Good morning. uh, I'm I'm planning on planting three uh, white crepe myrtles, and we live north of Bernie. My husband's making a berm to plant them in because we don't have a lost soil. Uh-huh. I want to put the big ones in that have the red bark. That and that variety is called Nakoma, N-A-K-O-M-A. Okay. I was looking at those with the best landscape architect I've ever known. Uh, we were looking at some of them uh, on a project here in San Antonio just this week. And uh, um, it's, uh, I, I'm sorry, I said wrong, Natchez, N-A-T-C-H-E-Z. Uh, that's that's the one with the uh, the red bark. Uh, there's a different one called Acoma. Acoma is a beautiful white, but Natchez is is the variety I misspoke. Natchez is the variety you're looking for. Okay, I'll write that down. And I mean, we've had to plant them pretty far apart, right? Like 20 yards? It depends on whether you want to see individual trees or whether you want to see a big clump. Uh, they're not going to hurt each other if you plant them 18 inches on center, but if you want to see three separate trees, I'd be planting them at least six feet apart. Okay, and the planting, planting them in the berm is okay. It's just fine. 
Now, chances are when you buy the tree or buy the crepe myrtle, it's always already going to be too deep in the container. So start by brushing the soil back away. Go down the trunk and keep peeling the soil back until you find where the roots are starting to flare out. And that's what you want to have right at the top of the soil. Okay. Almost 100% okay. of the crepe myrtles come to you too deeply in the pot. So uh, beautiful tree and... Uh, it's the one with the beautiful bark and uh, beautiful white flowers in the summer, so it would be a real good choice for you. And planting in uh, October would be good? October, November, December, any of those months when it cools off a bit. Uh, ideally, wait until the leaves fall off the crepe myrtles. Uh, you know, go ahead and get them so you be sure you know what you're getting. But uh, best time to plant is when, uh, when they've lost their foliage. Okay, doke Thanks, Bob. It's always a pleasure, Suzanne. Thank you for the call. And thanks for being brief, because that gives me time to get Robert in here before the show ends. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing well. i got about two and a half minutes. How can I help you? I wanted to ask you about a Monterey oak, and I wanted to ask you about a queen palm. Okay. The Monterey oak, my question on the Monterey oak, um, is there another oak tree that grows just similar as fast and and it's hardy our our moderate the monterey oak is our fastest growing oak there's no other oak that grows as quickly um there are other trees that are a little more cold hardy like cedar elm uh that grow uh, as fast as a monterey oak but it unfortunately is our fastest growing oak but now remember we went for 30 years without uh, a winter that was cold enough to hurt them and then we got a winter uh, most of the ones around my property, around my partner's property, uh, uh -huh. all the Monterey Oaks have come back out and done well. So you had to, if you're up as far as Fredericksburg, uh, we had some of them die. But those trees were in for a long time before we got a bad enough winter to hurt them. So I'm I'm not going to stop recommending them, uh, just not north of Fredericksburg. But uh, uh, if no, you want I'm a tree, on the south side of town. No, I. Yeah. Very unlikely that you would have a winter that would bother them. So I think you're still okay to yeah. plant. If you're going to plant multiple trees, plant multiple different kinds of trees and uh, not just a whole big batch of uh, uh, the Monterey Oaks. But it's still a good tree. And the, is the queen palm uh, hardy enough to be uh, planted no. down here in San Antonio nope. on the south side? No. Nope. Queen palm's going to have to stay in a pot and come inside if it gets real cold. Uh, there have been an awful lot of dead ones around, and it is just not a beautiful palm, but it is not cold-hardy here. Yeah, it looks really pretty, the, the leaves on it. Well, build yourself okay, a Bob. giant greenhouse and move in. I've always thought it would be a lot of fun to live in a big greenhouse with a hot tub for a bathtub and, uh, you know, and, and maybe uh, even getting, a macar or two flying close, around. I'm getting, I'm getting close to that age where I might have to move into a greenhouse and enjoy the rest of but um Okay, those were my two questions. Robert's are good um, questions, and I, the... I appreciate the call. You get out and enjoy. Thank, Thank you, sir. You, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, Dr. Kirby will be in here in the next couple of minutes. It's about time for Your Pet's Health here on KTSA. Always appreciate you joining me on Saturday and Sunday mornings, and uh, let's just hope we continue to have these uh, beautiful, cool mornings like we had this morning. 
Vanessing the Gardening here on KTSA Radio, right here in San Antonio, Texas. We'll do it again. From ABC News, I'm Dave Packer. Day three of the historic UAW strike against the big three automakers. Nearly 13,000 union members shutting down production at plants in three states. UAW member Robert Marches on the picket line in Ohio today. I know we're asking for a lot, but... Over the years that I've worked for him, we've gave up a lot. ABC's Alexis Christophorus on the potential economic impact of a prolonged strike. Moody's Analytics estimates a three to four week strike will shave just 0.2% off gross domestic product this quarter. Small, but impactful when you consider Americans are still dealing with higher oil prices, rising mortgage rates, and the resumption of student loan payments next month. And communities where the affected plants are located could be hit the hardest. Three targeted assembly plants in Michigan Ohio and Missouri employ nearly 13,000 people who will now have less money to spend and pump back into the economy. On Capitol Hill, Republican Congressman Matt Gates and others have been threatening to introduce a motion to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. GOP lawmaker Nancy Mace telling ABC's this week she wouldn't rule out supporting such a move. I'm one of those members who were made certain promises. I've worked on women's issues. I've worked on issues, you know, related to gun violence I feel are very important. And, you know, it's fallen on deaf ears. And if I if I give a handshake to someone, I expect them to follow through. In Riverview, Florida. This is one of nightmares. This is heartbreaking. Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister after he says a 14-year-old boy is in custody. Who authorities say shot and killed his mother, shot her boyfriend five times and attempted to shoot his older brother. Police say the teen was taken into custody following a tense standoff. Denver police say five people are hospitalized following a shooting just blocks from Coors Field. All expected to survive, no arrests. And President Biden expected to meet with Ukraine's President Zelensky during the U.N. General Assembly in New York City this week. You're listening to ABC News. Embarrassed by ugly yellow toe fungus? Living with toe fungus is, it's embarrassing. I was afraid to take my socks off. I hid my yellow and crumbly toes from everybody. Introducing Crystal Flush. Crystal Flush is the only FDA-registered two-in-one home treatment that attacks your toe fungus from both the inside and out. Crystal Flush's new and different combination system knocks out toe fungus for good, guaranteed. Crystal Flush is different. After just a few weeks, my fungus was gone. I mean, 100% disappeared. Crystal Flush was the only thing that ever worked. So if you're skeptical because you tried a bunch of other stuff, Crystal Flush is different. This is a game changer. Crystal Flush is now available without a prescription, but it is not available in stores. Get your risk-free supply today. Go to crystalflush.com. That's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L flush.com. Stop being embarrassed by ugly yellow toenails. Go to crystalflush.com or call 800-204-4484. Authorities in Southern California say a law enforcement officer was killed in an ambush Saturday. ABC's Brian Clark has more. Los Angeles County Deputy Ryan Klinkenbrumer was shot in his patrol car outside the Palmdale station in an apparent ambush. We're hurting because we lost somebody. Uh, it always hurts. Uh, they try to prepare you for this, and no matter how much they do, it, it just it hurts bad. Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert Luna said Klinkenbrumer was a third-generation member of law enforcement. His father served with us. His grandfather served with us. Service was running through his... When you buy at America's Diamond, your money stays in San Antonio. Our whole company is located here and locally owned. Our kids and grandkids go to school here. All 40 of our co-workers live and shop in San Antonio for everything. 
Through the years, America's Diamond has supported thousands of wonderful charity events in San Antonio. We're the official jeweler of the San Antonio Spurs and of the University of Texas at San Antonio Athletics. See our television program about diamonds and jewelry tonight on ABC KSAT 12 at 12.35 a.m. Or see it right now at americasdiamond.com. Exergen is the smart choice when selecting a thermometer. As children return to school, keeping them healthy is important. Got a fever? Stay home. To detect fever accurately at home, you need a fast, non-invasive, and clinically accurate thermometer. Exergen provides all of that and is backed by over 100 clinical studies. Accuracy matters. Be smart and safe. Measure temperature accurately with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. My name is Stacy Schaefer, and I'm with Blue Bonnet Pet Crematory. We know what it's like to lose a pet. We've been there, and that's why we're here. Blue Bonnet Pet Crematory offers you a dignified yet low-cost way for you to make final arrangements for your pet. We'll handle your pet with gentle hands and a loving heart. Blue Bonnet Pet Crematory is family-owned since 1999. We're the largest business of our kind in South Texas, conveniently located in Northeast San Antonio. Blue Bonnet Pet Crematory offers everything you need to help you provide a dignified resting place for your family companion. Our caring staff can pick up your pet at your home or your veterinarian's office, and we will offer you a choice of a beautiful wooden box or a traditional ceramic urn. Blue Bonnet Pet Crematory works with many vets in San Antonio and the surrounding areas, so you can request your veterinarian to contact us directly. Visit us on the web at bluebonnetpetcrematory.com or call at 210-566-4501-566-4501. Blue Bonnet Pet Crematory, because pets are family too. You're listening to Your Pet's Health with Dr. Dan Kirby on San Antonio's News Talk Station, 550 KTSA. Check it. All right. All right. We're back to the pet show for one hour. It's Dr. Dan Kirby with Bob Webster. We're talking pets, your pet's health, things that are important to you and the list is a mile long of things that, that can affect them, good and bad. I mean, things that uh, you, you know you have fun with. And uh, I, uh, I'm trying to think of all the. You can see the list in front of me. The things that we saw just in the last well, you few told days. Me you've seen so many heat-related problems. And well, we saw those two heat strokes in a row. Yeah. Two heat-related events. Um, both of them are doing fine. Hmm. It was. It's. It's interesting that one of them, because it, it didn't come in right off. It came in the next day after being heat stroke. It so everything was damaged. All the organs were damaged. It took yeah. uh, took a week or so to get back. And on the other hand, um, the other one came in as it happened. Uh-huh. I mean, so it was 105, 100, whatever six, and and we got it down and we got everything going back to normal. And then um, that probably took three days. And and but again. Everybody uh, always asks the question. They always ask the question. Well, what are the side effects of the heat stroke? Well, heat. Once you have heat, and there's proteins in your body that communicate between each organ, all those proteins are gone. So there's yep. no communication. Liver goes down. Liver can just melt in a way, you know. So lots of things can happen. Brain can swell. Many things. So when you have heat strokes, they're tough on them. Well, and, I know in people, if you have a heat stroke. 
you're more susceptible to heat stroke in the future. Oh, yes. Once same you, thing in once dogs. Once you've had one, and it's the same in, in same pets, too? Same thing in dogs. And that's that's an issue if it's a working dog. Like a police and dog like or something. Like a police like dog that. or something. It has some working position where they're going to be worked and to, to whatever they need to be worked to. You uh-huh. know? Now, training-wise, you could probably train them and cut it back a little bit. But if you had to take them out in the field for a, a real run, that might be a problem. Now, what's interesting is it's kind of at the end of this summer in a way and i've seen more now than i did in the beginning when it was really hot yeah you know so i don't know why that is unless it's just happenstance i and and i I certainly don't have any idea the one thing that i have felt this summer is just that the sun i don't know how you say it the sun has been hotter sun creates radiant heat it it heats the surface that it hits air temperature we see high air temperatures, and we saw very high air temperatures. But on my skin, that sun felt higher. I bet if I had, you know, physically been able to take the temperature of my skin, it was far higher yes. than it is lots of times. And it's the same thing with the soil. I think we saw higher soil temperatures than we typically see because it may be 105 degrees, but that soil may be 135 sure. degrees. Sure. And so that's what the skin on that animal that's out in the sun is doing, and it's hard on them. There was a there was a, something else came up this week. Uh, there was an article about um, Descartes. He was a philosopher, I think, a long time ago, mm-hmm. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason, you know, you think about it, you have lab animal research, you have research on monkeys, you have research on everything. Um, this article was talking about, and this is only because I, I'm interested in the fact that, of course, I think all animals mm-hmm. have feelings, have that may not be like ours, right? But they they hurt, they they have pain, they have feelings, and so so the Descartes when he did all these studies, and then when he he got to like oysters, he said, oh no, there's no way. So he just assumed nothing had feelings. There was no thought, there was no emotion or anything in animals. Uh-huh. But anybody that owns an animal that has an animal in their family yeah. knows that those pets think and they and they devise if, if they want to. To, to do things that they maybe know is better not to be done, mm-hmm. um, the, but the looks of the animals. Scheming. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, I thought I don't know why I thought that was I thought that was interesting because many for many many years after he said that, so they didn't think anything of of doing research on animals and French philosophers. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and it, but it was it was his studies that said oh, nothing. So people just assumed okay, they're not going to have any pain, so we'll just do whatever we want. Yeah, but you know we we know that that's not true. But um, I just thought it was interesting. So. Uh, it is very interesting. But like you say, anybody that has a cat, especially, oh, uh, what is yeah. uh, somebody gave me a book one time and said how to tell if your cat is plotting to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I happen to have had some of the best kitties yeah, exactly. in the world, like Maxwell. He he doesn't have a mean no. bone in his body, but uh, uh, I I sometimes think. And it is funny because, uh, and I know uh, uh, we've had cats before that would pout. Uh, you know, when you go out of town, you oh, come yeah. back, you and, come back they, and they'll turn their back on you. They, they're just dogs, I'm cats. You for having me for having gone away for a few days. I, one lady says the chicken does the same thing when it goes home. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so they do, and I think it's it's interesting. And uh, I know that's not part of the medicine but it is kind of part of the medicine because it's understanding these animals well and it is a part of the medicine because i know we learned we both learned my old smoky kitty that had diabetes yes and cats being able to go back to self-regulating he did but 
when something happened that was an emotional stress to him, when I had to go off to a gift market or something yep. like that, he came to stay with you in the best possible environment in the world, but his diabetes would flare up yep. because it affected him emotionally. And then it took us a while to get him regulated again. But uh, there's just there's just no doubt that emotions have an impact on health. We know it happens with people, but we know it happens with animals. And too. we know it happens with cats with they when they're inappropriate urination. So you get these mm -hmm. cats that maybe you have two cats and they've been doing fine and they're not urinating in the house and they're right. going to the litter box like they're supposed to. And then you add a third cat. And after you've had that third cat, the others start marking. And the third cat's not doing anything wrong, but the others start marking because they're upset about the fact that you brought the third cat in or you brought a baby in or you moved houses or you changed the carpet or you changed the litter boxes and you put new litter in, different litter. There's so many things, and I, I get that call quite a lot. And so rather than just being a surgeon and a GP, you have to be a, an animal psychologist you got to be able to well think to about to figure that. It out. And it was interesting. <laughs> uh, the Bonnie Beaver, the, the animal behaviorist at A&M at the time, there were millions of things that they had figured out in horses and cattle and all, all different breeds of behaviors and what they mean. Well, and, and when you stop and figure that some dogs, and I don't remember the number, but uh, th they may be able to recognize several hundred different words. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roberta was telling me about something she saw with some man that had like 10 or 12 dogs, and he could line them up, and he would call their names one at a time and the dog would come yes. over to him, and the others would just sit there and wait their turn. It's amazing, well-trained dogs. And then I think we've all had dogs who are so stubborn that you didn't think oh, you did. could teach yeah. them a thing. Yeah. I, I think but I'll the, come over and if you call me, but I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> and we know with cats, you know. No, well, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's yeah. a far gone conclusion. Yeah, uh, you give a dog a command, and it probably obeys. You give a cat a command, and it takes a message and gets yeah. back to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, listen, we've got several callers, and I know... You want to get to those phone yes. calls. But first of all, let's talk about uh, Top Dog Diana and all the wonderful things at Fifi and Fido's. Well, Fifi and Fido's is a pet boutique, not a pet store. So it's not a place to buy pets. It's a place to buy products for your pets. And that could be diets, extremely good diets. She's got all kinds there. And, and uh, she knows a lot about all of them and can talk to you about them. But, but treats and life jackets, strollers, car seats, uh, gosh, she's got probably... All kinds of things, even for kittens and cats. Oh, and, and fun educational games. And I don't know if she, at one point, I think she actually had some of the videos that you could play to keep your cats entertained. Yep. And But nutrition really is, both cats and dogs, is her specialty. And she'll always uh, help you find not just the best food, but prebiotics, probiotics, uh, even probiotic shampoos, just things that are going to work to help keep your pet healthy. You bet. And she does like to talk about nutrition because she focuses on that. She's got... She's got the... Um...